Welcome back, everybody. Psychic Medium Angelo here, joined as always by the guru who knew. He is the Encyclopedia Britannica of Pro Wrestling, Jeff the Ref Robinson. And this is Wrestling with the Future with a very, very special guest. My friend, your friend, everybody's buddy, the star maker himself. The star maker, Kenny Bolin. Kenny. Big round. Right. Let me let me pull a Donald Trump clap for myself. We're going to start with the Trump shit already. Oh, it, it, won't, it, won't, it won't take long with me. Uh, I know. How you doing, brother? You look fantastic. Uh, what what did they used to say when when uh, when Jerry Lawler used to talk about a, an, an opponent that would come back into town? He said, "Well, look at there, Robert Gibson's back and ten pounds heavier." Well, here's Kenny Bowen's back and 225 pounds lighter. Jerry Lawler never once got to say that. You look amazing. You really do. Feeling good. Uh, had to cheat a little bit to lose that weight. I lost about 100 on my own and about 125 uh, through the aid of weight loss surgery and eating better and eating less. My beautiful girlfriend, uh, Jenny May, hanging on the wall over there. She was a lot of my motivation. Uh, one thing about it, she never, ever asked me to lose a pound, but I knew if I was ever going to be able to go see her, uh, 569 pounds wasn't going to cut it. And that wasn't going yeah. to get me over there. Uh, so many risks. But uh, as a matter of fact, I lost so much weight before weight loss surgery that they told me the day after surgery, they said, you can go now. They said, but for every yeah. weight, uh, it'll be a much safer trip for you. So. Right. Pre-surgery, I was around 492, something like that. My wow. worst was 569. And uh, this morning, I weighed uh, 347. Now, Kenny, um, if it's all right with you, Jeff wanted to ask you a couple questions about that. I, I'm, I myself am not going to hide the fact that I'm a big guy. I mean, I'm, well, I'm tipping the scales. Right. Well, well, this is on video, and you don't have to confess to it, nor do I. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I myself am, am a big guy, over 400 pounds, 450 to be exact. Oh, I was and, around 450 for a long time, and then all of a sudden it became 550 and then 569, and we had to do something. So, and, Well, I've been there. I, the one thing I was going to ask you, and I mean for me, is what is like the big thing that was the hardest for you to give up food-wise, sugar-wise, whatever it was, whether it was soda or soda. pasta? Coca-Cola. Uh, well, here's the thing. I have not given up a thing other than soda <clears throat> since surgery. Okay. Here's how we did it. We did we did three weeks of nothing but protein shakes. Uh, the first week was protein shakes and one meal a day. Week two and three is five protein shakes a day. I lost 44 pounds in three weeks. And I'm thinking, wow. Well, who, wow. I, said, I said, who the fuck needs surgery? But they explained to you, you can't live on protein shakes alone every True. day. True, yeah. So they, they said, that's a bad idea. You're still going to have to do the surgery. But almost made me cancel the surgery. And you can ask my son this. I'm in the hospital. I'm in my gown. I'm ready to go. I mean, we're, we're getting ready to have surgery. Right. So they have a pamphlet, and I'm reading through all this shit of all the things that can go wrong. The, the surgery doesn't work for everybody. Right. Uh, might not work at all. You might not lose a pound. You might gain weight. Uh, it's most unlikely you're going to lose weight when I tell you exactly what all they do. I don't see how the hell you could possibly not lose some weight. Um, sure. But the thing that almost made me walk out is because I have these expensive-ass vitamins that are like 90 bucks a bottle yeah. that, I have, that I have to take for the rest of my life. Now, I'll be honest with you. I doubled up. 
Well, there you. That ain't helping you any. What the hell? That ain't hell. I just had to yell at a at a at basically an adopted daughter of mine who's in her mid twenties now. She was smoking last night. I had to yell at her ass. Uh, so put that damn thing down and look at the money you save. Do you drink? Are you an alcoholic too? Nope. Nope. I I, I, I may I may partake in medicinal uh, use of other things, but here in Virginia, we're not allowed to talk about it. Well, Virginia, coffee. Virginia cigarettes and coffee. Virginia is where my biological dad uh, lived. My girlfriend yep. has a bit of an addiction to coffee uh, because she works a lot of midnight shifts at 7-Eleven in the Philippines. So we're trying to get her to do less coffee because it's not healthy for her either. It's, uh, she knows the, the complications when she drinks it, but it helps helps her stay awake. Yeah. So energy drinks and those. So we're trying to get her off of those. Fortunately, she doesn't drink, smoke, or do any other drugs. So that helps. Yeah. Uh, myself, the hardest thing to give up was definitely the sodas, but they say once you have the surgery, you're not supposed to really ever drink sodas again. I cheat a little bit. I'll buy one of those 32 ounce sparkling waters or 40 ounce or whatever they are. And, right. those and it'll last a week or two. And okay. I just, just, I'm like a, a recovering alcoholic. I just take a swig just to say I had some and it doesn't, hurt. Sure. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't hurt my stomach or anything. <clears throat> when you have the surgery, they said my my stomach before surgery was the size of a football, and now it is the size wow. of Nana. Wow! So it was only wow! So like, like I just went to Subway with my kids, and I had uh, half a Subway, and I was getting ready to eat the second one. I took one bite of it, and I looked at my son. I said, "Nope, you can't do it. Uh, it just there's only so much room." Even though I had yeah. all day, I've been up since four thirty this morning. Right. I hadn't had a bite to eat all day because we had so much to do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the biggest adjustment is giving up those Coca-Colas. I love nothing I love more than a nice cold Coca-Cola. I haven't drank a whole one in God knows when. But if I'm out at a Kenny, restaurant, Kenny, drink- uh, Kenny, are you a, a fan of uh, the flavor infused waters and sparkling drink? That's all I drink. I got a hum in my microphone. Are you all hearing it? There we go. Not, not, at not at all. Yeah, I don't think you all hear it, but I hear it on this end sometimes. But I got yeah, bugs me regardless. But I got yeah. Sometimes we have it between us, but it's a yeah. simple fix. You just smack your mic. That's pretty much it. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Uh, I think I got a cable. It's like a damn seven dollar cable. I guess I could just. Well, now I want to make sure I'm doing this right now, Kenny. So you've been doing video a long time. The last time I was on your show, you hollered at me for swarming the camera. How am I? For swarming, the, what do you mean swarming the camera? I might have like this, or being like this. That's swarming. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> I've noticed. I've noticed. I'm an expert at this. I've noticed that the further back the camera shoots me, the better I look. <laughs> My girlfriend will testify to that. Every time she likes a picture of me that's close up, I'm just blown away because I look well, at let's it. Can, let's on, talk about. It. Let's talk about Jenny May. Jenny May. Now. Matter How fact, close? Matter of fact, Michael Jackson wrote a song about her. I think it went, Jenny May, that's my love. How close are we to wedding bells, brother? Man, it's pretty close. Uh, I've got five shows to do in Canada, I think starting March the 5th. As long as I saw year. that. As I saw you going year. to Canada. It started out with three shows. Now you're doing five. Started out at three, it's up to five. Now you have been following me, apparently. I have. Now wait, real quick, are they going to be live? What's that? You're my friend. Of course, I follow you. 
proposal has been bumped up to five. Uh, Rob Steele's the guy putting all this together for me. He's okay. in Canada. And he's put, because he's got a couple of homes in the Philippines himself. So not only has he booked me in Canada, but he's also booked me on, I think, five shows in the Philippines starting in June or July. Wow. Oh, so you'll get to see Jenny. Well, I'm moving there. So I'm going to, so I'm, I'm already going to oh, be. Yeah. That's part, breaking news. As part of my pay, for a lot of people it is, for part of my pay, they're actually flying me from uh, uh, Edmonton, Canada directly to Elo Elo City, which is very close to where my girlfriend lives. Right. Wow. We're all very excited about it. Uh, today is our 39th month anniversary, which for those counting is three years and three months. Good uh, for you. A lot of wrestling fans can't do that math, so I try to help them out as best I can. <laughs> well, I got to tell you something. I got I got hollered at last night by my co-host, Jeff the Ref, yeah, for I calling wrestling fans... My, my exact words, I called them stupid marks, and Jeff hollered at me. <laughs> Here's the thing. Some of them. Some yes, of them that's true. I had to make a public apology. There's many people out there that think that I really am a scammer, that I really did hate my mother. By the way, being as we're talking about her, she just... God bless her. her. Yeah. yeah. Her anniversary of passing away on... One year. Just a few days ago. Two, two years. Right. And, has passed away two years ago, a uh, few days ago. And, uh, but Mal Bowling, but th there are some people out there that think I really am the con artist, scam artist, uh, and they believe everything that's in my book, thank God. And in case you're not familiar with Kenny's book, it's called I Probably Screw You The Mostly True Stories of Kenny Starmaker Bowling. I think I got six copies on that white ottoman behind me that are left that I haven't sold yet. I just plugged you. We did sell quite a few of I uh, Probably Screwed You Twos uh, over the holidays. Uh, I think I had like 30 books, and now I'm down to like six. And uh, my Amazon right. were way up uh, last month. I, I don't normally, because the book's been out four years. And right. I, I don't normally make that much in commissions, but I, I think I made like over $140 in commissions on Amazon, which for a, Good. Book, for a book that's been out four years, that ain't that ain't too bad. I, I got my copy on Amazon, but I downloaded it to my phone. Yeah. So oh. I, I do own a copy of your book. So, uh, so you can actually read it on your phone then? Yeah, yeah. A lot of people have asked me to, to do the voice thing, but I hate reading oh. fashion, even my own book. That would but be awesome I, to hear it. I, I, I should get motivated and do that. I really uh, You know, Kenny, that's the way to go. You hear Kenny? Uh, well, uh, 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 Bill After told me the same thing. He just did an audio version of one of his books. Right. Uh, but I don't know who to contact to do it, how to do it, how to record it. I'll put you in contact with some people. You got some people that know how to do it? Yes, sir. Well, we might ought to look at that. But then again, once you make that first copy... How do how do you stop people from just copying it and giving it away to free to everybody? How do you how do you do? You that? gotta have people. Well, that's that's the problem because there's a lot of you know, like in the music business, there's a lot of pirated material. Oh yeah. And uh -huh. books are no, unfortunately, Kenny, books are no exclusion. Uh -huh. You know, I wrote a book four years ago, we and I'm finding. Now, my book is supposed to be exclusive to Amazon, but I'm yeah. finding it on other book sites. Mine, I, I myself, too, other than the ones I sell. Well, I was Get ahead, Jeff. Myself found on YouTube of all places Gary Hart's book where somebody's reading it 
an audio version of Gary Hart's book that's the one of the hardest fucking books to find out there. So, um, yeah, I met Gary Hart a few times back when I was hanging out with Cornette back in the old days. I met him down. In what the- was your impression of him? Gary, hmm. very bright, very bright man. Uh, right. I uh, met him. I met J.J. Dillon back during that time. Uh, me and Ric Flair got to be pretty close during that time because we were both huge college basketball fans. Uh, uh, the, the Louisville Cardinals in 1986 destroyed Ric Flair's uh, North Carolina Tar Heels. He actually had bet me $100 to my 1000 I'm sorry. He bet 1000 to my 100 He bet me 10 to 1, whatever I wanted to bet. So $100 in 1986 was a really big deal to me. My yeah. rent was only $250 back then. Oh yeah. yeah. So he bet me a thousand to my hundred that if North Carolina and Louisville met in the nineteen eighty six NCAA tournament, that North Carolina would win. Well, Louisville won by twenty three. Uh, so shortly after that game, they were to appear in Cincinnati. So I drove to Cincinnati always to go meet Jimmy. If he was within hundred and fifty miles, I'd normally drive and go meet Jimmy and hang out with him. And uh, so Ric Flair is there, and I picked Jimmy up at the airport, and there's Flair getting off the airport. So when Flair sees me, he goes, aha! He says, I guess you think I'm going to pay you for Louisville beating North Carolina. I said, I certainly expect you to. I'd have paid you if I'd lost. He looks at you, he says, well, I got news for you. He says, I'm not going to pay you. The Cardinals cheated. Bob, (laughs) by 23 points, they cheated. Bobby Eaton apparently thought Rick was shooting with me. So Bobby Eaton looked, and he says, Rick, He said, I'm not going to stand here and let that go. He says, you bet the boy the money. Now, the boy was 26 years old at the time. You bet the boy the money. He says, pay him the money. Because I know if Kenny had lost, he'd have paid you. And he says, Kenny, you got $100 on you? I said, well, yeah, I've always got $100 on me. You know, back then, I didn't trust banks that much. Uh, the IRS had gotten me pretty good. So I wasn't stocking a whole lot of money in the banks back then. And uh, But now Rick says, all right. He says, all right, all right. Like $1,000 is a big deal to me. So he pulls out his wallet, and he's got these $100 bills, and he's just counting them out. One, he's counting them out, so two. So he gets to 1000 He says, Kenny, there you go, buddy. And he pats me on the back. I just want you to know that that was my dinner money tonight. And I said, Rick, I just want you to know. I said, Rick, I just want you to know you just paid my rent for the next four months. <laughs> wow. I, I got a funny story to tell you that you'll probably appreciate here, uh, Kenny. Well, we'll see. Um, you, you, you know your good buddy, uh, Jimmy Cornette there. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, my, my dear friend. Yeah. yeah. He cut a promo. He turned on me when my mother died. Well, he, yeah, I know. Um, he, he cut a promo recently on Twitter on a kid named Jordan Oliver who blew up uh, wrestling. When, when is he not cutting a promo on somebody on Twitter? Well, uh, thank you. Well, this kid, he, he ends up getting the promo cut on him. 375,000 views later of his little one and a half minute clip. Yeah. And you know, he worked the show with us in VCW this what, past what, Saturday. What in, the hell, what in the hell clip did he do that got three hundred and seventy five thousand views? I, I oh my God, that. Kenny, it, it's a it is a classic a clinic. I'll call it a clinic. It's a clinic in spot after spot for spot move. It's yeah. You you hit your move and duck down and and miss and I'll miss my leg kick and then you duck down and. Oh, so I, I can imagine. And Kenny, Jimmy Kenny, they it. never, Kenny, they never touched one time, uh-huh. not one time. So of course, of course, Cornette. Yeah, off. I, I, oh, he shot on it big time. I could see Jimmy losing his mind over that one. Well, oh my God. 
I'm working the show with Jordan Oliver this past Saturday, and come to find out, the kids actually got a lot of respect for the business talking uh -huh. to him. Right. And he said, but he said, I'd like to thank Cornette for paying my rent for this past month because I just boosted my t shirt sales. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that never uh, hurts. That never hurts. He, he, uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, the, the kid, he, he's very, he's actually, he's only 20 years old and, and yeah. I'm an old He's a good kid, Kenny. We're going to have him on the show. Ken, you know what, Kenny, I want to talk to you for a, a couple of minutes about this. Um, the last couple nights, we've, we've brought up the subject, in fact, I'm on the show as well, brought up the subject of developmental wrestling, the developmental territories mm. and wrestling training facilities. Now, you were one of the, the, the founding fathers of Ohio Valley, Ohio Valley Wrestling. Of course, Danny Davis was the founder of that group. Mr. Cornette was uh, deeply involved. And some watermelon on me. I'll be all right, though. All right. It's all good. It's all good. And, you know, you and Mr. Cornette had involvement with that. We, Let's we, all, just, we all had our specialties. Uh, uh, Danny Davis was more or less behind the scenes. A lot of people uh, think that he actually got in the ring and trained people. And in all honesty, that rarely if ever happened. Right. Jimmy, Jimmy, needless to say, didn't really train anybody. Jim, Jimmy more or less went over psychology and storylines and all that. Right. And my, my expertise was traveling up and down the road with them, teaching them to be on time, teaching them how to be bad guys. And plus, I sold all the advertising on OVW. And in all honesty, even though I did get a supplemental check from WWE and, and some from OVW and, and I got a large commission on the advertising I sold and I just had to tell him, I said, well, right. Danny would get pissed every time he'd write me a check for a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars, whatever. He says, you do realize you're the highest paid guy in OVW. I said, and I should be. I said, I'm the face right. I'm on every goddamn show. I elevate all the bad guys. I said, I put 54 men into the WWE. Sin put one, Batista. Yeah. Uh, and she can have him. So if that's the one she wants credit for, she can have him. And, right. Uh, and she got him because I didn't want him. A lot of, not a lot of people know that, but he uh, was a dickhead when he first got here. Really? I made yeah, we, we heard that. We heard I that. It, I made it clear to Cornette I wanted nothing to do with him. But I also said the same thing about a few other wrestlers that I ended up having to manage anyway. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually friends with one of those now. We're, we're actually pretty good friends, but I couldn't Who's that? here. Uh, it was Rene Dupree. He knows he was okay. a dick. Oh, guy. sure, Rene. Yeah, but me and Rene get along real good now, and we had our differences. Uh, me and Randy Orton had our differences, but he he's good right. And, and uh, me and Big Show had our differences, but we, for the most part, get along now. What about Mark Henry? Mark's one of my dearest friends uh, ever that I managed here. Him and Rico Constantino and Aaron the Idol Stevens and Dolph Ziggler were all right. Extremely, especially Aaron just called me a couple days ago. <clears throat> and uh, Mark Henry, I talked to recently, and uh, he right. loving retirement. Um, I'm sure he'll do a little bit from time to time in WWE. I mean, he's still a legit badass, but uh, you know, so I'm sure there's a few people. There's actually even some of the boys in OVW were convinced that the character was who I was. And yeah, really, I well, was Kenny, let me ask you. Yeah, they're, they're, let, let me ask you uh, how how much involvement because you're a great talker. How much involvement did you have in developing promo skills for the boys? Not really. Here, here's what'll shock a lot of people. Pretty much only my guys. Pretty much only my guys. I mean, I always really? wondered, I always wondered why the hell I had Cena because Cena was a master promo without me. Right. But when it, I don't know if you guys know who Oliver Kopp is. He he's been involved in a lot of German television, especially WWE related. 
right uh, UFC shows and all that. Sure. Before, before I knew Oliver, Oliver wrote me on Facebook. He says, "Hey, you know, you don't know who I am." He says, "But I was a, a, a reporter at a show here in Germany today," and he says, "John Cena really put you over." I said, "Really?" Which shocked me because I never hear of Cena ever putting me over ever. And uh, I said, "Why is that? What, what was said?" I was, "He sure shit didn't say it to me." And they said, well, they asked him who taught him the most about wrestling in OVW. And he says, well, he said, it'd be hard to say who taught me the most about wrestling. He said, but I'll tell you who taught me to be a heel. And all the reporters were waiting for either Cornette's name or Danny Davis's name. And then he said, Kenny Boland. He, wow. said, he says, there wow. were times I hated Kenny Boland and I worked with him. Says, but but I learned what Kenny was doing and, and, and what Kenny could do is that he could make anybody hate him. Yeah. But if he didn't like you in the back, you know, he, you, he, he, you, he could get heat with you in the back. He could do it to the crowd. He could do it with sponsors. I mean, he could do it with anybody. He, he could make yeah. anybody. But if he wanted you to like him, he was pretty good at that, too. But in 32 years, I was never a babyface. Well, uh, other than a neutral announcer. I was a neutral announcer, but I was not a uh, babyface. Uh, but that was the only time I ever know of that Cena put me over. But it, it was my job to teach my guys how to be bad guys how to get heat, how to be on time, how to get along in the back, how, how to, to do what you're supposed to do. And I didn't always get along with everybody in the back. Bob Holly hated me with a passion, but Bob Holly was a dick. Yeah. And, um, I'm not a I don't hold anything back. If Bob Holly dropped dead today, I wouldn't give a shit. And I'm sure if I dropped dead, I doubt he'd care either. Wow. Uh, Go I ahead, Jeff. I wouldn't wow. expect him at my funeral, and I wouldn't be at his. There you go. Now, here, here was what we were getting into last night, and we were talking about it. How many damn shows do y'all do a show every day? Or No, no. well, we, 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 we actually have just now started we, picking up. We were averaging only one a week, and now all of a sudden we, we, we're the little podcast that could, and we're taking off. So uh, we, we just hit. I, I was doing one or three a week uh, there for quite some time, but since weight loss surgery, I think I've done a grand total of like three or four shows. I just got we just We just hit 79,000 downloads. That's pretty damn good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Of course, so now I, you realize you are talking to the one billion download man. That's uh, true. We have figured out of all the shows I've done ever since podcast, yeah. and I was on among the first ever wrestling podcast and the longest running wrestling podcast. Well, we, we should tell people, in fairness, we should tell people that they are one billion. Claiming who day? A, a, a billion allegedly verifiable downloads. Yeah, verify, verifiably ale allegedly uh, uh, constituted and prostituted downloads. Hey, Donald Trump said he he heard that we are heard in Mars. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he did. Uh, by the way, he did warn me about doing podcasts near windmills because they cause cancer. So he did ask me not to do that. By the I, way, Kenny, yeah. uh, I have to tell you something. Well, you you know are, whether, whether you know it or not, whether you know it or not, young man, There's you are responsible for this podcast. Uh, why, why is that? Why am I responsible? Jeff, you want to tell him why? Here now, it first, is. Of all, first of all, don't y'all blame that shit on me, but go ahead. Well, here it goes. No, I'm thanking you for it, you fucker. <laughs> you had on Angelo as your guest on your podcast uh, uh, last year. Uh -huh. Or maybe even almost a year and a half ago. Anyway, whenever you had Angela on, yeah. you had said, 
and he gave out his Twitter and his Facebook info, and he said, anybody interested, contact me, and I'll be more than happy to follow up with you. And, you know. He even, he even had a lot of non-believers contacted him that he made believers out of. Well, so I contacted him myself, the, and I just messaged him. The dumb ass in Australia was one of those. There you go. Now, I, I messaged him myself, and I just said, hey, I would be interested in talking to you sometime. Mm-hmm. And I get a reply back. I'll message you when it's time. All right. And I'm going, okay, who does this asshole think that he is? That he's just this high and mighty guy that's going to contact me back when it's his time. So, well, you might, as well, you might as well think highly of yourself because ain't no one else going to. That's how I got through life. Before you finish your story, my daughter-in-law, uh, who, who's from Brazil and Germany, yeah, her her family asked her. She said, "Well, Kenny never really uh, appeared on WWE, and other than clips, I didn't. Uh, other than a bit with Kane. Um, if if Kenny was wasn't on the worldwide scene, how did Kenny get world famous? Because I've got I've got merchandise sold in six of the seven continents in the United States. Um, if anyone really studies wrestling, they probably have a pretty good clue who I am. Yeah, and my son, and my son told her. He says, "Well." Dad has told everybody for so long that he's that he's famous that people started believing it. And, uh, and Al, exactly. Al Snow told the boys, Al Snow says, why is it that everywhere we go, we got these WWE stars, but everybody makes a big deal when Kenny goes to a restaurant or a car dealership or something like that. Why does Kenny get all the attention over all these other guys? He says, well, because the rest of you don't know how to act like a star. And Kenny knew how to act like a star the day he got here. There you go. And if you don't act like a star, they won't treat you like one. Amen. Well, to this day, there's many guys in the WWE who do not know how to act like a star. That's part of the problem with a lot of the roster right yeah. now. And if you don't think you're a big deal, then no one else is going to. Kenny, I got a related question. Well, wait, wait. I was going to finish. No, hold on, Jeff. Hold on, Jeff. Just, oh. just for a second. I got a question for you along those lines. No, no, one, no one ever gets to finish a question with me anyway. Because we <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeff and I talked about that. I said, well, I, I have a question for you. It's related to that. What's the difference between being over and getting over? The difference between being, well, you can't be over until you get over. And the way you get over, and this is my opinion, there might be others that disagree. In my opinion, you got to find your niche. And normally that is your own personality times 10. Angelo is an absolute genius at that. Because if Angelo thinks as highly of himself as he makes us think he does, he needs mental help. <laughs> many, people, many people would tell you the same thing about me. Well, if that area. My is wife just walked by with one of these. <laughs> <laughs> but it's normally your personality. Oh, and, and, and I'll back that up with Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels was Shawn Michaels times 10, Bret Hart was Bret Hart times 10. Stone Cold Steve Austin certainly was himself times 10 or 20. Uh, right. Undertaker found a whole nother way to get there. Because yeah. If Mark Calloway, even though he was big and tough and mean looking and all that shit, Mark Calloway wasn't going to make dick in the wrestling business. Uh, he he would have been gone 25 years ago. This sure. But I even told Steve Austin on his own podcast. Uh, he's had me on a couple times. I even told Steve on his own podcast, take away the name Stone Cold Steve Austin and take away your music 
And how famous do you think you are? He says, not at all. Not at all. Steve Austin was not cutting it. Or Stunning Steve was not cutting it. Oh, for sure. You can throw me on a mid card, but he says, when that music hit, and when Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass, he says, that was me times 10. Yes. And and that's more or less what Kenny Bowen is when I'm on television or if I'm out in public. I amp it up a little bit. Now, if I'm in my home talking with people here, I mean, sometimes I can go into that mode and I'll, I'll be the same guy you saw on television. And there's other times I just want to sit back and watch uh, Justified with Timothy Oliphant. And uh, which, by the way, I'm in season five, episode six since Christmas Eve. I have watched 50 some odd episodes. of just- Yeah, I've already seen them all. But it's been so long, I forgot what most happened. In my- so it's like seeing the show's new. Because I've, yeah. I've been dying for Justified to come back. Well, it ain't needed for me because I just got six brand new seasons because I forgot most of what happened in all of them. Right. And I just, so if you have never seen Justified and you want to see what Harlan, Kentucky's about, it's pretty goddamn accurate. Really? So, Kenny. Um, but getting over, but getting over is the thing. Hmm. Not too many people walk into the business and are over. Okay. I don't, I don't care how beautiful a girl you are. I don't care if you got the looks of uh, uh, who's the guy that was in Titanic and he was also in Leo DiCaprio. No, not DiCaprio. The other guy, the heel. Oh, uh, I don't know his name. His name is Billy Zane. Billy Zane. Billy Zane in the movie Tombstone. And I don't have an ounce of gay in me. And I was watching this movie with Maya here a few weeks ago. Billy Zane gets out of the stagecoach in Tombstone. I looked at him. I said, "That has to be the most beautiful goddamn man I've ever seen in my life." She <laughs> says, "Kenny, I've never seen you even act like you've got an ounce of gay in you." I said, "I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm going to tell you this right now. I don't know if I'm capable of fucking a man, but if I am, Billy will be the one I'm going to get." Oh shit! Billy Zane, be on the lookout, son. <laughs> now, oh my god. Tommy hit Titanic, he was a master heel. In Tombstone, he was not so much of a heel. He was, oh, he was a great heel. What was, so funny, what was so funny, I had not seen Tombstone in forever, and Maya loves the looks of the men in it with the mustaches and the rough looks and everything. Oh, sure. Kurt Russell's in this and everything, and she's just freaking out over the guys. So we end up watching the whole movie. I'll be goddamn if one of the big heels in the movie, one of the heel Mexicans is sitting there, and Billy Zane is on stage performing, and the heel sitting there looks up and says, God damn, that's the prettiest fucking man I ever saw. That's <laughs> 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 yeah, I had said earlier. And uh, so we, so we, we, we both thought Billy was a pretty good looking guy. So if you ha- if you want to see the, the definition of a good looking man who should be over just on his looks alone. Besides me. Why, well, other than you. Uh, watch Tombstone. Uh, well, I used to say that I was the, the best looking 500 pound man in the country. I now I'm the best looking 300 pound man in the country. There you go. Kenny, uh, Jeff has a question for you about the performance center. Uh, sure. Not, well, well, about what the uh, well, Which, OVW. What yeah. I was, what I was going to say was, were you guys considered WWE Ohio Valley or was it just Ohio Valley? Just Ohio Valley. Just Ohio Valley. Now. Um, yeah, they and Danny Davis admitted that he he was probably uh, he won't he won't he won't admit it in public. 
But a lot of people think Danny Davis was putting about a million dollars a year in his pocket through the affiliation with WWE. Now, he wanted all the dirt poor. Here's why. But after everything came to a head, a lot of people were saying, and Danny didn't really deny it, that he was probably putting about a million dollars a year in his pocket based on sitting in the office telling people what to do. Here's here's why Jeff brought that up. All right. Here's why Jeff brought that up. The other night, we, we had a discussion about... Oh, and, by the, and by the way, we worked... Uh, Jimmy Cornette figured this out. We worked on one 127th of the budget that <clears throat> what Florida has, NXT. Wow. We, we worked on one 127th of oh. the budget that they had. Can you imagine if we'd have had the money that they... But we didn't. Because they never really liked us running it anyway, especially Triple H. He always wanted it to be his own deal. But think of the fifty. We heard men, that. Think of well, the fifty-four men alone that I put in the WWE. Right. I can most of them, and then OVW as a company put in, I think, one hundred and thirty-six. Fifty-four now, of them were my guys. Well, um, this is what how, we how, 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 how many people can you name that NXT actually developed? Didn't pick up from one of the other companies. Name me who they developed and made a star to the level of a John Cena, a Mark Henry, a Bull Buchanan, a Rico Constantino, a Dolph Ziggler, a Randy Orton, a Brock Lesnar, yeah, uh, or any of the countless girls that we trained and developed as well. Name Go me ahead, Jeff. Who they developed. Oh, I mean, uh, that weren't already developed. All, all, all my guys were developed from dirt. My guy, even Mark Henry and Big Show didn't know dick when they got here. Right, right. Well, no, Buchanan knew a little bit, but not too much of the others. Well, what we were what we were talking about was I said NXT has done their best to establish themselves as a separate brand than WWE. When fans mm-hmm. refer to it, they refer to it as NXT, not WWE. NXT, but but, but it's not. <laughs> but it's not. But it is still WWE. But what Smackdown, SmackDown's WWE, Raw's WWE because right. the keeps interchanging and now they've done the same thing with NXT. So now it's no longer separate. All three companies and they're not three companies. They're all the same goddamn company with just a different name and it's uh now it's not even to the level of minor league baseball because the minor leaguers get called up and down. How many right. people on the main roster get sent back down? I'm sure it's happened. But well, it ain't like Major League Baseball. I it's mean, not Kenny, 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 it's interesting that you bring that up because the other night I actually used Major League and Minor League Baseball as my reference. You know, now Jeff and I have had this discussion. You know, I, I considered NXT still to this day a developmental brand Whereas Jeff can, whereas Jeff considers it, uh, it's a separate entity. So settle the argument. No, is it is it developmental or is it a separate brand? Developmental that has got enough television time. If, if OVW, see, we did the same thing. There were many times that the awards would come out at the end of the year, and we would get more awards than WWE for quality television. We were. True. In a separate entity than they were because Cornette hated the fucking WWE. I hated how WWE was run, so I was anti-WWE. Danny Davis was anti-WWE, so there were no WWE cockblowers running the shit in OVW. The three running the shit in our three areas of expertise, whether anybody with that company wants to give me credit for it or not. If And and, and Rob Conway would be the first to tell you. He, he come up to me and told me many a times, he said, if Kenny Bolin 
did not come into OVW when he did, OVW would have been gone. There would have been no advertising dollars. There would have been no publicity. We wouldn't have got the television deals we got. We wouldn't have got on WHAS radio and gotten the monster sponsorships for those Louisville Garden shows where we were having the Stone Cold Steve Austins and Undertakers and Canes and <laughs> and Leaders and all the people. Uh, 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 shit, uh, what's his name? Um, Mick Foley, uh, who I did a couple of shows with. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page. All these guys were coming here to elevate our talent. Right. I don't know how much of that goes on down in NXT. I don't think it's anywhere near as much as it used to they be. Don't, they don't use anybody down there right now. I mean, they, they yeah. have pulled Finn Balor from the main roster, put him down there in NXT again. Triple yeah. H has come out and said that he wants to start using guys that are not being used on the main roster well, down wait in a minute. NXT. Why, why the Finn Balor, I hope, is hurt. Why would he be down there? Um, Because he was not being used on the main roster, and he wanted to go why? back to where he Why? Because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Here, here's the thing. That's the problem. I, have, I, have, the problem. I haven't watched 65 minutes of WWE TV in the last fucking five years. Okay. Uh, a few things. I love Shinsuke. So if I catch Shinsuke on, if I catch Asuka, any of the Asian girls or, or, or Shinsuke, if I see them, I'll watch it. Because they're the only ones I like. And they, they, they fuck them, too. They ruined them. Do you remember how fucking over Shinsuke was in NXT? Oh, yeah. He's Absolutely. The only reason I started watching NXT. I saw that entrance. I saw that one night they had uh, people in tuxes and nine fucking fiddle players out there playing. Yep. Yeah. God damn. I said his entry, his entrance was nine minutes long. Yeah. The fucking thing wrong with that. The entrance well, was damn near the match. Well, the match was secondary <laughs> after that. I mean, part of the if, is, match, is, if the match can even live up to the entrance, you got something. <laughs> <laughs> Part of the problem is the same thing that you guys had in Ohio Valley, which is Vince doesn't watch the fucking product, so he doesn't know who the hell they are when they come up. You know, uh, I don't no. know if you know this or not, but not only did they try to cut Rico and right. Steve Austin and Stephanie, well, really Steve Austin, Stephanie just listened to the <clears throat> case. Uh, they had cut Rico. They brought him up here to work out his last 90 days, and they also wanted to get rid of Cena. And yep. if you and if you watch the first Cena DVD, me and Danny Davis are both on there. Yes, you are. Now we knew he was a star. Vince McMahon's on that same DVD, saying he didn't get it. He didn't. Yep. Know, I didn't see. I didn't see. And it. it's funny that you mentioned Rico. Up to Vince, the face of the company wouldn't even be there because Vince wanted to get rid of Rico, or not Rico. Well, both. He wanted to get rid of Rico and Cena. And yeah, we, we begged I, them to keep Rico, and they did. And after seeing him for ninety days, they knew they had something. I think and the, part, reason, and the only reason Rico got faded away is due to a misunderstanding with him and Booker T over something about Martin Luther King being on TV. Booker T took offense to it. Rico didn't mean shit by it. He just meant like, God damn, how much how much do we need this stuff thrown down our throat today? Well, I can't even about more than him about anything that I see on TV all day, every goddamn day. Yeah, Kenny, uh, I actually spoke to Rico Constantino is absolutely the least racist person on the goddamn planet. But Vince McMahon and Booker T, and I like Booker T. Uh, he and I, I thought, were pretty good friends, though might still be. But that misunderstanding got Rico ran out of the company. And by the way, Rico well, been four years, and, and Rico told me this himself, I don't think he minds me telling anybody, is that he never did crack 100 grand a year. And this son of a bitch was in main events with Billy and Chuck and did one of the greatest angles ever in SmackDown history. Yep. The Billy and Chuck angle. Fooled everybody because they didn't tell nobody. Right. Well, Kenny. Bruce Pritchard tries to say he was in on it. No, he wasn't. Bruce Pritchard didn't know shit. They never clued him in. 
Yeah, Kenny, Kenny, we we actually spoke to Rico. I had a conversation Bruce with him. Also, Bruce Richard also says he slapped Rico to get him in promo mode that night. Yeah, Rico, never, it never happened. Rico that never he, happened. Rico says, you know why that didn't happen? Because no one saw Bruce land with a chalk line drawn out around him. Exactly. That, know that didn't happen. Well, He's, let me tell you. That if that fucker laid a hand on me, it would have been the last we'd ever heard of Bruce Pritchard. Well, I will tell you that I spoke I to Rico. I spoke to Rico. My conversation with Rico is up on our uh, on our site. Right. It's available on all of our platforms. And Rico will be a guest on the show in March. And I would love to have you back in March yeah, on the I'm, show I'm, with Rico. I have to do it in the, from the Philippines. It depends when when I go. But uh, if I'm there and we got a good internet connection, I'm happy. And to I will I will tell you. That, I'll, be doing, uh, I'll be doing it on a beat somewhere. I will I'm tell you that absolutely. Girl sitting on my lap breaking coconuts for me, but other than that, not wrong. With I, will, that. I will tell you that. that uh, you mean the sweet Jenny May? Not any other Asian girls. Only Jenny May. Only Jenny. I will. I will tell you that absolutely. Uh, I can confirm that what you say is true because Rico has spoken of it himself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I will also. When I contacted him about it, he was pretty goddamn hot that, that Pritchard said that. And yeah, and and he he places the blame for his departure squarely on Bruce Pritchard. If if uh, if you hear him, well, well but, he, but Booker played a heavy part in it too. Vince. Oh, I know. I I know what happened backstage and behind yeah. the scenes. And yeah. I, I don't even have to talk about it because it's an absolute fucking lie. And I, I and I won't talk about it either because it's you know deeply personal to him. But I will tell you that that these days, you know, Rico is kind of a different guy. He's uh he's not holding back anymore. No, well, he he didn't hold back a lot back then. Uh, yeah, he didn't, really he doesn't knew need to toe the company line anymore. And 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 plus, on top of that, uh, Rico is one of the absolute legit badasses. There there wasn't anybody in the WWE <clears throat> maybe. Maybe uh, one of the UFC fighters, Ken Shamrock or somebody like that, or right. Maybe even Undertaker, because they say Taker is actually legit tough. But I don't. I tell you what, it wouldn't be easy if Taker decided uh. to fuck Rico, and it wouldn't be easy because because Rico he was he was a bodyguard for that. Uh, yep. Benny yeah. Benny Benny whatever his name was. Uh, Rico Big Benny Hinn. Yeah, yeah, Benny Hinn. Rico don't even like to talk about it. There's so much deep shit there. He don't even like to talk about it. But oh, yeah, I know. If you're a bodyguard for him, you're a legit badass. There ain't too many people fucking with you. Now, I'm Kenny, not. Kenny, I got to give you credit for something. You How about a $7,000 Visa card? That'd be some good credit. <laughs> well, you and your son helped change my mind on Donald Trump. Okay, well... You didn't hear anything positive out of us. Well, no, I'm, no. I've been for three times. And Here, here's the deal. I, I, I will come to you right now. I will come to you right now and, and confess that I was a member of the Young Republicans in high school. So was Chris. I, I, I was part of George Allen's uh, governor campaign here in Virginia. Right. I was there when he got inaugurated. I was born and raised on Rush Limbaugh. Mm -hmm. I... I used to listen to Rush. Now I was not. I've, I've I've been a lifelong independent, but I used to be thoroughly entertained by Rush because let, was, let me can you let me put the he uh, was bullshitting everybody. And let me put the ice. Yet he's still on the air. Let, let me put the cherry on top of the ice cream here. 
All right. Jeff's mother was the personal assistant to Pat Robertson oh for, 40, for 40 my, years. My dad painted his house. Did you know that? Which one? Uh, well, I don't know which one. It was in uh, one of the Virginia homes. I know the city, but my dad painted the interior of his home. And Pat Robertson used to brag about uh, the 700 pairs of shoes he had, how much his suits cost, his his luxury cars. Well, and, my, and my dad told him, <coughs> Jesus, can you imagine how much help you could do for poor people if you just sold your shoes or your cars? Well, we, we, Not we to mention your goddamn house. And, and I mean... The, Tammy Faye Baker, Jim Baker, with that goddamn Disney World they had on the side. Well, I went. I would go to see my mom at work there at CBN Regent, and when she worked there, and you would actually have very when Pat was younger, but you would see him out there on his property riding around on his horses, and yeah. you know, and whatnot. And, you know, and then I would. I mean, I've never been in his house. My mom never was either. But well, I, I wasn't in it either. But my dad was many times. I, I mean, the the tales are that he had seven bathrooms with all gold plated, you know, toilets and sinks and the whole. Well, he he didn't talk much about that. But just hearing about the suits, the cars, and the and the and the shoes. But and, and what his wife had. I mean, that is uh, what I know, was. Look at Mel Philippines, Mel DeMarcos, people starving to death in the damn Philippines all over the goddamn place. Yeah, absolutely. Mel DeMarcos bragging about her six, seven hundred pair of shoes she's got. Well, what I was going to get. My, my was, girlfriend thinks I'm an asshole because I got five pair of shoes. Well, I've, offered, I've offered to buy her because you can buy Converse tennis shoes in the Philippines for fucking five dollars. Damn right. I offered to buy her whole family Converse because none of them had ever had name brand shoes before. Right. She says, you only need one pair. We only need one. Kenny, why do you have five pairs of shoes? I said, well, to color coordinate. And she thinks, well, you glutton. You know, uh, I remember Maya was pissed back when I had 27 televisions. Holy uh, well, hell. All of them. I didn't buy 27 TVs. I, I traded for them when I was on television and uh, trade them for advertising time on our shows. But yeah, one time, 27 TVs. And Maya hated that I had 27 TVs. Why, why don't you have those, you know? And what I was I getting at with the whole Donald Trump thing was I would, I would hear you and Chris have twenty six. I, I would hear you and Chris's take on a lot of what Donald Trump was saying. And I'm going, you know what? What they're saying is actually very accurate, very true. And well, we, don't, we don't have to make up anything on him. He he admits it all himself. We don't have to make up shit. Well, I I, I pointed out to numerous ones of my conservative friends. I, as that I was said, the hard thing about being on Russo's network is because every one of them were blowing. Trump's cock and, and buying his shit. Right. And, well, and I love Russo to death. And, but Russo quit watching Saturday Night Live because they fuck with uh, Trump. They fuck with every president. It doesn't yeah. matter. That's what but they when, do. But when the president is a fucking moron, a pussy groper, and a thief, then it you got more fucking material. And well, I, I, I know there's parts of New York that love Trump. Now, New York City don't. They'd burn his hotel down today if they got a shot at it. And as a matter of fact, Iran has threatened to blow up all of Trump's properties. I said, well, fuck, don't do that. You'd just be doing him a favor because most of his properties are losing money. And now he gets to file an insurance claim. You're only going to help that fucker out unless he's in one of them. Exactly. Get Mar-a-Lago. You'll get that one if you're going to blow well, something. I, I, I made the argument, and I've there. said many, many a person, as I said, you show me a president of any damn company. I don't care if you're Coca-Cola to uh -huh. a country. You show me I know where you're going. I know where you're going with this. And, and engages in Twitter beasts. You know what where, I mean? You can't name any because they wouldn't have the job if they did. 
I mean, you don't see the president of Coke going, hey, Pepsi, you suck. You suck no. my pants. You know no, what I mean? Maybe they should. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, listen, listen, speaking of Twitter beefs, yeah. was it a wise move, Kenny, for Tony Khan to engage in a Twitter war with Randy Orton? No. Uh, well, I have to, I have to plead. Your name, Kenny. I have to plead the ignorance on it. Well, number one, I don't know who the other guy is. And anytime when you're an unheard of and you're getting into a beef with a, with a documented star and, and me and Randy have had our differences over the years. Um, but it probably would not be, I, I don't know who the other guy is. And I was not aware that they even had a beef. So. Tony Khan is the owner of, of AEW. Oh, well, what were they beefing about? Bring me up to date. Well, Randy Orton had basically alluded to him coming, possibly going to AEW. His contract was up. He was just trolling the, the internet trolls is what he was doing. Oh, I know what he was doing, yeah. And then Tony Khan decided he was going to chime in on whatever. So he cut Randy his balls Orton. off. I can already tell you what happened. He cut his balls off and made it aware that he didn't have it. He didn't want Randy. Is that there what he you did? Go. And then, I saw that coming a mile well, well, no, then Randy turned. He said he was like, Basically, how dare you use my company to try to leverage, you know, yourself into a better contract, whatever. Yeah. And Randy said, okay, shut up. He called him Jacksonville Dixie. <laughs> Not a compliment. Not a compliment. No. And uh, but, I mean, but, but and, and like I said, Randy and I, uh, to my knowledge, uh, have put aside our differences. But that's what Randy was doing. He's working himself for a better contract. And I, I don't judge him for that. I mean, well, if, he, if he can do it and get by with it. But, but apparently the other guy called him out on it. Randy Randy has a bit of a history. Randy is not the most pleasant guy in the world to get along with backstage. It wasn't that way in OVW. I doubt it's that way in the WWE. I hear since he's had a child, he, he's calmed down a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure that old Randy is not too hard to rile up. Nope. Uh, and and that was. And I haven't I haven't had any contact with Randy since we did six flag shows together. Well, I was gonna say the point was is Tony Khan, who is the see, owner. I knew exactly. See, I knew exactly what was going on the minute you just gave me a little bit of the story. It was obvious what was going on. Now, but was it smart though for Tony Khan, the owner and and president of this newfound AEW, to engage with Randy Orton? What do you think? I'm I mean, I'm going to change my opinion on it because I didn't have the whole story. Tony Khan was exactly within his rights of what he wanted to do because he called out uh, Randy for doing that. Apparently, he knew Randy's history and probably did not want Randy with the company. I would say that Jericho and Cody Rhodes and maybe some others, even though uh, they worked with him at OVW from time to time, Jericho came down here many times, um, they may have put a buzz in his ear, hey, no, we don't need that because Jericho's there for at least three years. Right. Yeah. And I guarantee you that, that Cody and Dustin and uh, Jericho and maybe a few others are there. I don't know the whole roster because I don't really watch the product. It, it doesn't. Well, that was going to be my question for you, Kenny. How closely do you? Yeah, how closely do you follow? You don't. Not at all. I watched the first show and I didn't see anything to catch my attention. And I watched NXT and I didn't see anything to catch my attention. So since then, I have not watched either show. But I've barely watched it. Like I said, if I don't see Shinsuke or the Asian girls on, uh, I hear there's a couple of new Asian girls coming up that are good. And I, I just enjoy their type of work. Asuka makes me believe. Yes. Uh, Kari Sane, I love that elbow drop. I don't know how the fuck she does it. I don't know that she knows how she does it. I Kenny, think, I got a question for you. I, I think she did it wrong once, and it got over. Yeah. And uh, 
we'll just keep doing it like that because it, it looks like she's fucking killing somebody, including herself. Mm -hmm. I love her. I actually, I actually communicate with her quite a bit on uh, Twitter, and uh, she's she's a, she's a sweet girl. She really is. She's interesting. I got a, I got a question for you. How do you, if you're an independent promotion, yeah, how do you make money if you don't have television? It's hard enough to make money when you have television. Uh, yeah. But no, nobody these days, including OVW, really has what you can call real TV. Um, back when we were on, we were on the WB, we were on the CW, we were on Fox for a little bit. And uh, we never were on Wave 3. That We, we, all, we got close to getting on there. That would have been huge. Uh, but even those stations aren't the big four. And if you're not on the big four, uh, but but the great thing was we came on at 11 o'clock at night. We quit going on at eight because we had too much competition. When we went on at 11 on a Saturday night, well, the one night people don't really watch the local news is on Saturdays and Sundays. They watch it Monday through Friday for whatever reason, or really Monday through Thursday. And maybe they watch the football scores if it's Friday night football. Um, did he pass out? Is he all right? Is he, is he I'm okay? good. I, I, thought, I, thought he, I thought he put a cigarette in his mouth and died on the goddamn show. That, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> but um, no, it's uh, it, 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 can't, it can't be easy because we were on a decent TV station and it was still hard to make money. We had select towns we did very good in. Uh, I finally reached a point where I could go to whatever town I wanted. Well, I knew what towns were going to make money and uh, they didn't know this at the time. But there were many nights that I would sell my merchandise and I would make three to five times as much money as OVW made by the time all the expenses were factored in. And remember, they didn't pay one wrestler. Never have, probably never will. Wow. Uh, I got paid because I was not under a specific WWE contract, so I got a supplemental check. And then I figured out that selling advertising, I could make a shitload of money. Yep. And then Danny gave me the idea to sell pictures of everybody that I managed. So when they Kenny was was OVW was OVW bartering television time to a degree to a degree uh, and plus we we hung the banners to make up for any cost that we had I don't think we ever paid more than one hundred and fifty dollars a week to be on TV damn so, go ahead Jeff we never paid more than one hundred and fifty a week I, I that I mean I was going to ask you bitched about that even though I had as much as five thousand a month coming in and advertising. <clears throat> Uh, so we had way more than enough money to pay for them. But Danny didn't like paying the $150. He thought it was a favor to them because our ratings were so high. And then, of course, we'd sell commercial time on the show. So actual money that came out of Danny's pocket to be on TV was actually nothing ever because we always had advertising to cover it. I, I mean, do you, do you think that an independent promotion these days could get over in a local market if they were to get on local TV? I mean, like... No. no. Okay. Uh, the, the market is absolutely depleted <laughs> in any real talent. Right. Uh, uh, there, there's, let's see, Monday night we have Raw. Tuesday night we have, uh, used to be SmackDown, not SmackDown. Is anything on on Tuesdays in it now? I guess nothing. Nope. Wednesday you got it. Yeah, NWA. Oh, you're right. Like I said. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You know why YouTube don't count? Because I've been on YouTube for fucking 10 years. So, <laughs> if I'm on it, then it ain't, it ain't a goddamn television show. No offense to my good friend Aaron the Idol Stevens, who's now the champion. That's what I was going to say. I yeah. haven't seen 
show, when I heard Cornette was on it, I had no desire to see it. And then Cornette starts making all the racist comments. And I'm going to go, what the fuck else is new? Well, let's talk about that. Let's, yeah. let's talk about it. I knew well, you were going to rile me up before the show was over, so we may as well. Go ahead. Well, okay, no, I, not, not in, in the context of, of racism, but in the context of good taste. Don't you, call why, me, don't you call me a low-life Indian. Don't you dare do it. No, what, what I want to ask you is why can't Jimmy just shut his mouth? Because <laughs> he doesn't know how. <laughs> uh, well, let, let, let's face facts. I know Jimmy better than anybody on the planet fucking Earth. That's why, what I'm asking you. Why can't Jimmy shut his mouth? Why can't Jimmy say the right things? It's like Donald Trump. He's not genetically capable to do that. <laughs> not genetically capable. It's like asking Trump to be a good guy. Um, there are people that'll tell you that he can do it, but he don't want to do it on camera. There's people that'll say that off camera that he can actually be a nice, caring guy. But, but he's always got to blow himself. And Jimmy, I have said many times, is the poor man's Donald Trump. He loves to blow himself. He started believing, because people called me a genius in wrestling too. I just try to do common sense what makes, uh, I, I do not consider myself a genius in wrestling. Christopher, my son, is way smarter about the overall wrestling business than I am. If I'm a genius about anything, it's how to get heat, as you can tell on this show. Probably took a lot of people off tonight. But, uh, if I'm a genius about anything, it's on how to get heat. Other than that, no, not even close. Jimmy is a genius at stealing other people's shit and Thank you. other people's shit. I had a show with Bill after once and, I, and I'm not saying it's to knock Jimmy. I mean, if it's a skill you have and you can get by with it and fool others, then so be it. Donald Trump has fooled others. And, and, and Jimmy and Trump are way more alike than people want to realize, even though for whatever reason, Jimmy hates yeah. Trump. He should idolize him. They are so much fucking alike. They bullshit each other about how smart they are. They bullshit <laughs> each other about how rich they are. I know how rich Trump is. It's not what people think. Uh, I know how rich Cornette is. I've seen what the little... Uh, the thing that tell, says how much money I have. I saw a thing once that says that I have $17 million. Then I saw another one that says I have $5.7 million. Then I saw another one that says I have $1.7 million. None of those are fucking true. As a matter of fact, there are marks out there who, whenever they see me raising money for my medical funds or what have you, well, don't help him out, that son of a bitch. He's got, and I've heard Cornette tell the story, he's got over $1.3 million under his bed. So I went on a show, I said, tell you what. Under his I, bed? I, yeah, I don't know how much yes, money he's under his bed. Yeah, I'm, I'm so fat. <laughs> Back then I was. I'm so fat, I can't get under my bed to see how much money I have. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll tell you what I'll do. If there's anybody out there who's really that fucking sure that I've got $1.3 million under my bed, come on over. Which either of you six or seven dumb fucks think I got that much money under my bed. Come on over today because I can't hide that much money today. Come on over. Get under my bed and I'll split it with you. How's that? You pull it out from under my bed and you can have half of it. No one showed up to collect that $1.3 million that supposedly I have under my bed. Right. <clears throat> I fucking wish. And I, then when I think of how much interest I could have drawn on that $1.3 if I just put it in the bank. So here <laughs> I am just trying to raise money for the simplest of shit, to pay for my vitamins, to pay for 
uh, the, 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 the co-pays of some surgeries and, and, and the countless shit I had going on at the time, wouldn't it be easier just to crawl under my bed and get my 1.3 million and just. Absolutely. So. Gadget. And plus on top of that, I wouldn't be eligible for any of the help I do get if anyone even had an inkling that I had $1.3 million. As a matter of fact, I am not allowed to carry a balance of $2,000 or more in my bank account. Yep. If, I carry, if I carry that for X amount of time, uh, before bills are paid, I can have a little over that. But if, but if I have over a $2,000 balance in my bank account, I don't get, I don't get any help. Well, I, don't get, I don't get any health benefits. I don't get any disability. They take your disability away if you have over two grand in the bank. Yep. Now, now my, I, I my, bill, my bills and, and mine are, I know what Jimmy Cornette's bills are, and here's, his are about five times what mine are. And mine is in the neighborhood of about fifteen to 1700 a month. When you, I, factor, I, when you factor in everything, car insurance, rent, electricity, whatever, whatever the fuck. My minuscule cell phone bill of 22 fucking dollars a month. My landline phone bill of $10 a month. You add up everything, and I might be out fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars a month. Jimmy's I, bills are way the fuck higher than mine, so he he can't quit. He can't quit working. Uh, he's got to keep getting out there, but he keeps pissing off all these damn companies. And like like Angelo said, if he just shut his fucking mouth and quit offending him, but he does that because that's what his base loves. Why does Trump badmouth immigrants? Because the base loves it. Why does he want to build a nine hundred foot wall that ain't gonna keep fucking anybody out? Because the base loves it. He, well, Trump as Trump appeals to the uneducated white guy. And when I say uneducated, that means didn't go to college. Well, Kentucky, 66% of Kentucky voted for Donald Trump. Most of them uneducated white guys. I would be one of those. I would count, I would count as that because I didn't uh, uh, go to college. I went to the University of Hard Knocks and learned all kinds of shit. Oh, yeah. But don't have a college education. So I should be one of that 66%. Now, the educated people that live in the cities and the and the uh, suburban areas, they despise Trump. Right. They're, but those are smarter, educated people. Not to offend those that live in the rural areas, but let's face it. If you live in the rural areas, you don't get that much news. You don't get that much interaction with real people. Because I've lived in those bumfuck areas many years. I lived there for 14 fucking years. Right. Um, you see things differently. But what, right. what, what, what really gets me is that the Trump supporters are the people like me and you and whoever. Um, I don't know if you got a college education, Jeff. I have no idea. Um, a, a lot of people in the wrestling business don't or they wouldn't be in the wrestling business. Uh, well, I got about a year behind me. That's it. So. They, they, they all think that the wrestling business is going to make them rich. I fucking knew better. And I did as good as anybody on, on a so-called independent level at making a living in the wrestling business and, and still to this day probably do. Uh, I ain't rich, but, you know, I, I live month to month and I make it at 59 years of age. And I've been around the business hell since I was 14 years old and making money in it since I was 27. Uh, but what, what gets me is that you think that the rules, so-called uneducated dumb fucks is what they like to call them. Right. You think yeah. that you think that... A person like them is what they would appeal to. A guy who pulled himself up from his bootstraps and came from nothing, which would be me. A guy who didn't know what he was going to eat unless dad had a successful hunting trip. Unless right. dad brought a couple of groundhogs home or a few squirrels home. I've been there. My dad had too much pride to, to accept food stamps. So we, ne we didn't even get that type of fucking help. 
And so a guy who has had nothing and then built himself to the top, I can see the uneducated white guy buying into that. But that's not Donald Trump. And that's not a whole fucking lot of them. All these billionaires that are getting in, buying up time and space on the networks. Why does that appeal to me? I want to follow the guy who had nothing and then through hard work or being smart, figured out a way to come and rise above that. That is not done. So that's what baffles me is that someone like you or me or anyone else would buy into that shit. Right. And, 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 you, you, and, and the, 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 the tax cut he gave, the tax cut he gave benefited the top 1%. Well, who's in the top 1%? Him. His family uh, and all these fucking jobs he gave out in the White House to his family, they're all the ones who benefited from the tax cut. The day he gave the tax cut, the Trump family made $1.8 billion. Holy hell. $1.8 is what the Trump family and organization profited by what he saved in taxes. Now, here's another thing. Angelo, if I wanted to see your tax returns, would you have any trouble showing them to me? Not one iota. Jeff, if I wanted to see your tax returns, would no you get a problem, fuck? buddy? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and and once you're on disability, you don't have to pay taxes. So I haven't paid taxes in about 10 years. I don't have a problem sharing my tax returns. <clears throat> now, if you ask me, Kenny, we want to see your tax returns. Yeah, we'll help you. We'll donate to you. But we want to see your ta- we want to see what you're really worth. We want to see what kind of money you've made. Show me your tax returns. And if and if I went, Jeff, for three years longer than that because he wouldn't show him when he was running we'll say five years people have been trying to see trump's tax returns yep yeah he won't, he won't show them you got to go to court to see his tax returns yeah why can people not see he's hiding something and everyone knows what he's hiding everybody in new york that's done business with him knows what he's hiding he's in bed with the saudis if you check the trump hotels the saudis flood him with fucking money why do they do it to get favors when Trump was in, uh, uh, we lost Angelo there for a second. That's all right. At least okay. video. But, <laughs> uh, but uh, when they were flying over to Ireland, they were having the Trump, yeah. they were having the airlines fuel up near the Trump hotel yep. so that they would all benefit from that. The same with Saudi. He turned on fucking Syria. Why? Because he's got hotels in Turkey. Right. So, well, yeah, I can't turn on Turkey. I got two hotels I there. I don't have any. I don't have any hotels in Syria. There's Angelo. He's back. Now Angelo's on the left side, and you're on the right side. I don't know how that works, but there you are. Hey, well, but I, you, I had a philosophy really quick about Jimmy Cornette. Go ahead. I think half of the time that he goes on these little Twitter rants that he does, because in fact he actually sees the talent as being talented, but he can't come out and say it. So he has to cut a promo on them to get them over and get noticed. Right. Hmm. You think he's cutting a promo on them to get them over and to get noticed? Yep. Not himself noticed, but to help the talent get over no. and get noticed. Dead wrong. Dead wrong. Okay. He's doing it to get attention on himself. Well, no, no. In the process, he does. He keeps the attention on himself, keeps his followers right. happy. What, what, what does he have to gain? By cutting a promo on someone at a company he doesn't work for. Now, of course, if he's burying somebody in his own company. No, no. I mean, other other than the fact that his his little contingent, the cult of Cornette, love when he spouts off. They are a cult. They are a cult, and so is uh, Donald Trump's people. 
Well, but I mean, they, they, well, no matter what bad he does. You, you remember when the tape came out recently where Jimmy had used the N-word like 16 times? Yep. Yeah. Okay, in this day and age, Angelo, are you going to defend Jimmy for saying the N-word 16 times? No and, way. And you I might can't. like Jimmy to be a friend of his. Jeff might be. No, uh, no. Jeff, are you going to defend him? I don't I, know. I, can't, I don't know him. So but I Twitter, Twitter was flooded with fucking people, and I wouldn't expect him to defend me either. If there's a tape that showed up somewhere where I had said the N-word 16 times, I hope somebody would call me out on it. And the best I could say is, Guys, I've changed. You know, I'm sorry I said that shit. That was fucking wrong. Right. I'm so sorry. Goddamn, I'm not that person anymore, and I hope you guys forgive me. Well, that's what he should have said. Right. That ain't what he said. Well, it was a different time back then. No, it wasn't. It was the fucking 90s. Right. I couldn't say the N-word in 1966 at LaGrange Elementary or Crestwood Elementary. Right. I couldn't say it in 76. I couldn't say it in 86. Well, look how they buried Hulk Hogan. You could say it, yeah. Well, but look at WWE. Took him back. Yeah. I, I didn't think they should have. Because it's, I, I it's, agree. In that day but, and age, but, you say that word, uh, and especially if you say it in public, when you know goddamn, well, someone's going to record you. In this day and age, everything you fucking do is recorded. Amen. Um, you're, you're telling them who you are. Donald Trump tells us yeah. every day. When you, yeah, don't, when you don't want people of dark skin to be in this country, but yet you're inviting the Netherlands and Scotland or who the fuck ever. You're inviting the white people, but you don't invite the dark people. You're telling us who the fuck you are. Yeah. And, and I, that's not who I am. Uh, let all the God, anybody from Mexico or it, wherever the fuck they're coming from. Right. We have a lot of fucking open land in this country. Yeah. Fucking open land. And well, you know, we can't we can't put them all in Boston. We can't put them all in Miami. We can't put them all in Detroit, Chicago, Los Angeles, or San Francisco, or Houston. Right. Or even Dallas. But there's a lot of other places they can go, and they just want to make some a little money and do the jobs we don't want to fucking do. There you go. It's I, like I've been, I've been as poor as you can get, but I don't want to work in some of these fucking shops in Mississippi. Well, as, as, I went down there and raided a company and ran out fucking countless Mexicans and Puerto Ricans or whatever they had working there. Well, no fucking white people wanted those jobs. There you go. Well, the, no, comedian, no. the comedian Ralphie May put it best when he said... Ralphie. Yeah, Ralphie's funny guy. He, he, he said, you show me any white person that wants to go out there and pick the fields like they do out there, you know, the Mexicans will do out there and, and pick good the orange groves and everything else. Good and luck finding them. I come from as poor a family as you can come from, and I don't know any of my people that wanted those jobs. And, and, he, and he said because... And he was like, now you, he said, he was like, I promise you, you get rid of the illegals and all of a sudden the price of oranges goes for a dozen all of a sudden from being two or three bucks, it's going to be 10 or 12. There's nobody to do the work. There you go. And, and the people of Texas and California will tell you, yeah, run them off, lock them up, put them in cages. Now we got nobody to do the job. Right. Exactly. Now to order people to do those jobs, we got to pay $18 an hour, $24 an hour, $30 yep. an hour. And then OSHA's going to step in and everything but, else. But so. if you just pay them minimum wage, it's way more money than they were getting. It's like the Philippines. Let me tell you a story about my girlfriend in the Philippines. She Please manages, do. She manages a 7-Eleven. Right. I've told her to quit because the money she makes, even my poor ass can pay her and pay her to stay at home. And it's nothing to me. The poor thing works for 8,000 pesos a month, if she's lucky, after deductions. She, now, on papers, she thinks she's making ten or 12,000 pesos. But by the time they deduct for their bullshit insurance that pays nothing, by the time they deduct your shortages in the till, 
by the <clears throat> your inventory coming up short. They they do the shit over there that they can't do here. Yep. They, yeah. If they did that shit in America, the stores would be shut down. But 7-Elevens are all over the fucking Philippines. And they abuse their employees and they don't even know it. You, did you know in the Philippines you're only allowed to have one job? And you and if you you have to sign a contract, and if you break that contract, and I didn't realize how serious this was because I kept begging Jenny to quit. Well, well Kenny, I can't quit. I signed a contract. I fuck the contract. I'll be taking well, care of uh, uh, How did they get away with that? I don't know. I wish I knew. Uh, I would probably be shot for bringing it up. Wow. Over there. And I've brought it up many times. They might be waiting for my ass when I get there. I don't know. Well, um, no, no, you you sign a contract. Well, the reason they do it, which makes sense, um, there's no fucking jobs. I got countless fucking friends that live in the Manila area that don't have a job. They can't fucking get one. And they make it impossible for you to get one. I got a little friend over there I've known for years, uh, wants to get a job. And the poor little thing, he has to raise 8,000 pesos to pay for the paperwork. Well, 8,000 pesos is what my girlfriend makes a month. And how much is that equal to here in America? How much does that equal to in the American dollar? 10,000 pesos is $200. So 8,000 pesos hell. is probably about 175 bucks. It's so $200 for paperwork? So my little friend over there, he has to raise $175 that he ain't got. No one else he knows has got it to fill the paperwork out to get a job that ain't going to pay him what he handed them to get the job. I got oh, my God. Look at this shit. I got friends I got, well, hang on. I got friends over there that work for AT&T, Spectrum, um, a Sprint, uh, various huge companies over there. And the average salary in the Philippines is $350 a month. That's the average wow. salary in all of the Philippines. Here's the big news. I don't know anybody that even makes barely over $200 a month, 10,000 patients. I don't know anybody. I don't know one person that makes the average, and I know at least 150 people over there if I know one. You're blowing oh, my mind that, here right now, Kenny. That's crazy. So, so the reason I'm going over there is because on, on my disability, which I'm allowed to keep over there, as long as I don't become a uh, citizen. I can be a resident there, but I can't be a citizen. Right. Well, my girlfriend makes ends meet somehow, barely, on $200 a month or less. It's normally less, about $175 a month. Well, my disability check is in the neighborhood of about eight hundred dollars a month. Well, that's a big difference. <laughs> so I can yeah. Live. Well, you're you're talking about numbers that are unfathomable to us. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And they are, and they are. So that's why I've dedicated myself to helping so many families in the Philippines. And I can't be much help, not on what I make, because you know I make my disability check and whatever merchandise I sell, and that's it. And I'm I'm permitted to make up to about nine hundred dollars a month. I got I, a quick question. I can't tell you how many months that's happened. Here, I got a question for you, Kenny. I can barely make ends meet, but so I can raise $50 for an American family. Well, $50, me and my son can't even go out and get a nice dinner for that and leave a tip. Right. But, yeah. but if I raise $50 for a Filipino family, they can eat for fucking six weeks. Well, okay. I got a quick question for you. I got a friend of mine who has a, a girl that's talking to him. She lives over there in the Philippines. My personal opinion is I think he's being catfished because, A, the girl won't ever video conference with him. She can't ever. He, he, you've already said enough. He's being catfished. Uh, my, my girlfriend is very aware of how serious that is over there. Anytime you're chatting with somebody that will not video chat with you, 
Uh, see, me and me and Jenny video chat three times a day. Once at her house, once at work, and then when she gets back home. So it's really not that impossible to do over there. Not that impossible to do what? The, the video chat. Oh, no. Fuck no. As long as you got decent internet. Uh, she, she can buy unlimited internet for 790 pesos a month. And that's unlimited internet. Because... That's, uh, 790 pesos is about 500 pesos is $20. Because the guy who I know. Sorry, 500 pesos is $10. 1,000 pesos is 20. So for under $20, you can have unlimited internet. You can watch all the fucking YouTube you want, all the Netflix, all the Messenger, all the video chat. Me, me and my girlfriend use Google Duo. And right. they get free data over there. They don't even have to buy a cell phone plan. If you have a phone, you have a, you have a cell phone plan. Because and they put the SIM card in, and then you can use free data to text and make phone calls. But if you want to watch shit, you have to buy a thing called a load, and uh, that's what right. Jenny does. Well, because what this girl does is she talks them into giving her like three or four hundred dollars a month or more, and Holy says shit. she needs to pay you know bills yeah, for her family the, and he's got because the, the, I, they have all tried to do that to me. There was countless long before Jenny that ever came there. I met Jenny through one of my customer service reps at uh, Spectrum. Okay. Uh, and she was a friend of Jenny's. Jenny was a huge fan of John Cena. Her and her cousin wrote me to find out more shit about John Cena. And Jenny, right. Jenny for six weeks told me, I'll never fall for you. You're a chick boy. You probably hit on every girl, all this shit. And, Jenny and, by the ocean. Jenny by the ocean. <laughs> and, and then six weeks later, she told me, if I do fall for you, will you catch me? And I said, if you do, I'll catch you every single time. And that was 39 months ago today. Kenny, how did you how did you know at the time you weren't being taken? Well, uh, here's the easiest way. She, in 39 months, has never asked me for a penny and gets mad when I do send her a little money to help her. If I, if I know they need some medical help, uh, it might cost $20 to take my little girl to the doctor. And I do call her my little girl because yep. since 82, she's called me her daughter. Yep, so right. I, little Kimmy's my daughter. I'm the one that takes care of her. <clears throat> and when I say I take care of her, people say, well, Kenny, you're on disability and you sell some merchandise. You barely make it yourself. Well, I'll sacrifice a lot of shit to make sure that my little girl's okay. Damn right. Um, and if it, Yeah, but what you're making, you know, what what you earn and what you, earn, what you receive, even at its minimal, is yeah. far more than... And she's, you know, earning and making. Exactly, exactly. I mean, she's she's working for for under two hundred dollars a month. That's uh, I can't even think about that. That's crazy. But in thirty nine months, she has never asked me for anything. Wow. I have to probe and find out. Well, how's this going? How's Kimmy doing? What does she owe on her schooling? And and, and guys, yeah. it's normally next to nothing. Right. Five dollars to her, two hundred and fifty pesos, is a big deal to her. Yeah. I, Offered to buy her whole family Converse tennis shoes because I got her her first pair. And when they came in, oh, Kenny, my shoes are here. I said, well, go get them. Let me see them. So she goes and gets her Converse tennis shoes. She starts crying. I said, well, honey, why are you crying? She said, this is the first name brand pair of shoes I've ever had. Holy shit. And, and, and all of her sisters are so jealous. And her sisters work in other countries to make money. She's got a country, uh, a sister working in Dubai. One works in England. One works in Singapore. Wow. I think Singapore is a cousin. And uh, so she's got sisters and cousins that work in these countries so they can fucking make a goddamn living. Uh, one of her college friends, I think, works in Hong Kong. I think she's got another sister that works in Hong Kong. 
And uh, but they got to leave the Philippines to make any money. There's just no money to be made there. Well, um, Kenny is is she capable of coming here? Uh, a forty percent chance. If, if we paid about a thousand dollars to process all the paperwork, and then that doesn't even include a plane ticket. If we paid about $1,000 to process all the paperwork, there's a 40% chance she could come here for two reasons. One, because she has a job that she's had for over two years, and she has a kid. So they assume that you will come back. But even with that, even if she leaves and her kid's, her kid's there and her job is there, they're still 60% sure she ain't coming back. And they wow. want to make, make sure you come back. So, well, why is that? Let's talk about that. Why Why do they want to ensure... Every fucking Filipino girl over there wants to get the fuck out of there and live the, the, the luxury life of America. So e even if she comes here and if she worked for $8 an hour, well, now she works for $10 a day. She makes $10 wow. a day. She can't fathom that we're not making it on $8 an hour over here, that we're begging for $15 an hour, $20 an hour. Right. right. To make ends meet. How the hell are y'all not making ends meet? Can I work for $10 a day? And she just got a raise. She was making about $6 a day. She got a raise here a while back that bumped her up to a whopping $10 a day. Well, you know, and, her, and, and her, so her mother makes a little bit of money in council, uh, about 3,000 pesos a month, and she's on she's on a political figure in, in San Joaquin. Her, wow. dad, her dad's a retired police officer. He makes about 2,000 pesos a month, maybe three. Fortunately, he has a farm he bought 30 years ago for next to nothing, or at least in our standards, and they grow all their food. They got right. Every fruit you can fucking name. Uh, they harvest their own rice, their own corn, and uh, they have about 350 chickens. Now, I have no idea what those chickens cost, but those chickens not only produce more chickens, but they produce eggs and chicken that they cook. Right. And so they're basically, Kenny, basically a self-sufficient family. Kenny, what is the, uh, the national minimum wage in the Philippines? Well, there's not really a minimum wage that I know of. Uh, they they pay you pretty much whatever they want. I, I well, Jenny, wow. Jenny, I can't imagine. I mean, like I said, the average salary is uh, three hundred and fifty dollars. Jenny makes under two hundred a, a month. What does uh, that say about our country when they're part of a U.S. territory? If I'm not mistaken, they're not. They're not. <clears throat> okay. Okay. We, we have military there, but Puerto Rico. We should be taken care of. And, uh, every time shit happens in Puerto Rico, Trump fucks them because yep. he can't comprehend that they're part of us. He can't comprehend <laughs> that. It's like Hawaii, even though Puerto Rico is not a state, they probably should be. It's like Alaska. You let something, you let bad shit happen in Hawaii or Alaska, and we're right there. Poor right. Puerto Rico and Trump fucks them. Now Obama wouldn't do that. George Bush wouldn't do that. Yeah, this ain't a Republican thing. It is. It is a Trump thing. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I'm independent because I don't want anybody telling me how to think or process what I'm supposed to do. So yeah. that's why I'm independent. But if I had to pick one, I would lean Democrat because I view Democrats as having a bigger heart and doing more to help people. Now, not obviously Republicans disagree with that, but every time I see somebody getting shit on, especially someone with dark skin, a Republican is at the head of it. And that's my problem. And and when you defend the things that Trump has done and stand there and act like he's fucking uh, the right hand of God, and, uh, and but yeah, the religious the religious people vote for him now. One of them turned on him recently. One of them, you know, called him out for being a fucking crook and a shyster and said, "Yeah, our, our, 
not support you no more. And what did he do? He started bad mouthing that church organization because they don't oh, know yeah. how to support him. Well, I, the one the one thing I had a big Trump paint spell church more or less walking one. So. Well, the the one thing I had a big problem with. Well, actually, I'll say this really quick. Most conservatives that do our churchgoers are conservative. Most people that are church they are, folk. I don't know why that is because uh, and, um, I don't, and I don't big, know why they support. No, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what it is right here. The, other, the big issue is abortion with them. That's yeah, the they're getting issue. the judges they want now. They're getting the judges they want. They, they, and, that's, that's, what the, that's what the religious right claims. Right. Is that at least with Trump, even though we know he's a piece of shit, we know he's not worth the fucking skin he's, and dirt he's made from, he's getting us the judges that we want to stick our nose in other people's business about what they do with their, with their children. Right. Um, yeah. I'm sorry, if a woman's raped, there's no way in hell I'm making her have that kid. There's not a fucking chance in hell well, that if she yeah, raped, I, I, would be forced to carry the child of, of someone who who raped her. But yet, yeah, they, yes. but yet they support guns where you can shoot somebody. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and, now, and now they're getting shot in churches. So how about that? Well, I think that's some shit. Now they're getting shot in churches. It's happening a lot, especially in Texas. This is one of my reasons why I had a pro another problem with the whole Trump deal. Before was you when get the, it. Before you get into it, I'm 59 years old. Everybody in my fucking family owned a gun. Never owned a gun in my life. Never desired to own a gun. And as long as I keep my fucking mouth shut in neighborhoods I may or may not should be in, I probably won't get shot. Well, Unless they're, they're looking for my $1.3 million. I might get shot then. <laughs> well, I, when when the, the school shooting happened down in Florida right after Trump had gotten elected. I should, I should say which one, but I know which one. Go ahead. And, and then you had... Everybody on the right wing trying to claim the kid was a fake and a shyster and he was a plant and whatever else. Yeah. That really touched a nerve with me because of back course. in 1988, I was involved in one of the very first school shootings ever. Where'd you go to school? Atlantic Shores Christian School. All right. And December how, 16th. How many people were shot? Because I'm not familiar with that one. Uh, one teacher was shot and killed. Another was wounded and another one was shot at. 88, I actually lived in Marietta, Georgia. Then. <laughs> he, um... It didn't make national news. It was on CNN and ABC World News and all of them. What state did this happen in? Virginia. Well, how the fuck did that not make national news in 1988? It did. It did. It made it made national news. Okay, I got you. It, it, uh, you're saying now. It, it was, and, and here's the deal was, you know, the kid did it uh, back in 1988. He's still in prison. Uh, <laughs> you know, you take a life you 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 have sacrificed your own, in my opinion. There you go, and so you know, but that that to me has always been a very big issue with me because of me having been involved in one, and I know to this day how it fucks with my head. I've even talked to Angela about it, and, and you know, just because of everything and how it went down, mm. and. I mean, I'm I'm like, okay, I'm all for you being able to have a gun to protect yourself in your house and having a little nine millimeter if you feel that's necessary. And, and, and as far as I'm concerned, I think that's where it stops at. You want to you want a gun to protect yourself in your home? Fine. Well, don't yeah. be out here walking around in fucking Golden Corral with one. I, I see. There you go. Yeah, exactly. These douchebags coming in Golden Corral. And they're walking around like they're fucking Matt Dillon and Festus with a guy. Yeah. I, I said, why do you need it? Now, I, I don't know the mental stability of these fucks. Right. They're walking around and the rest of us have fucking butter knives and forks. Yeah. And Kenny. 
goddamn gun strapped to their hip. And I don't know how many we say, because if you, if you are that big of a chicken shit that you got to walk around with a gun strap for everybody to see. And yeah. I, I had one of these fucks that used to be a friend of mine, but he, he sucks Trump cocks a fucking deep. I think he choked to death on it. I had to get rid of him because I couldn't stand being around him. Oh, Kenny, I'll protect you. Anything goes wrong, I'll protect you. Well, how the fuck are you going to protect me? You're in goddamn southern Indiana. And the yeah. only thing protect me from is some other dumb fuck like you who's walking around Golden Corral with a goddamn gun strap. Yeah, Kenny, I, I lived in Tennessee for... I lived there. 13 years. And that's called an open carry state. Yeah. That's called an open carry state. Is Kentucky an open carry state as well? Yes. Yes. Okay, so in other words, as long as you have... The permit to carry, yeah, you can you can have it on your on your yeah. as a sidearm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it has to be visible, right? To my knowledge, it has to be visible. Yes. Not if you got a concealed weapons permit here in Virginia. But if you have it concealed, you don't have to. Right. There's open carry and concealed carry, and the, yeah, they're both two different things. I'll tell the wildest thing I ever saw was when I was out in Missouri, and and I see at a church, no guns allowed. <laughs> Isn't that a isn't that something? I'm going. Why would well, you be bringing it for sidearm? Yeah. Why, why would you need to advertise that? I graduated in 1979, and I never ever went to school one day, worried that somebody was going to fucking shoot me. Now there might be a bully there wanting to beat me up because he disagreed with my way of life or didn't like me because I was poor or what the fuck ever. None of those bullies ever got to do that because I defended I defended people against bullies. Thanks to my buddy, Jerry, the King Lawler, who inspired me to, to do shit like that. But uh, no, never once did I ever think I was going to fucking be shot in school. But it came to a point that I was scared to say, we, we really considered homeschooling Chris because fucking every day you're reading some. I mean, we had, God, I think uh, last year alone, we had over a hundred school shootings. Yeah. yeah. One form or another in a college, a high school, a grade school. Yeah. And, and, and over a hundred school shootings. And, and 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 take away the school shootings. I mean, people being shot and fucking. Uh, you remember, it used to be he went postal. Remember all the post office shootings. Yep. We don't hear of post office shootings anymore. It's the schools and the factories or, or UPS or where the fuck ever someone decides to go off at. But uh, but but listen to this shit. Australia don't have no fucking problem with it. Canada ain't got no problem with it. England ain't got no problem with it. Why? Because they don't have fucking guns. Exactly. You're going to fucking kill somebody. You got to do it with your bare hands or a fucking knife. Well, Trump. Oh, well, they're stabbing people. Well, you got a guy coming at me with a knife or a guy standing there in my room with a fucking gun. At least I can pick up something and fend myself off of that fucking knife. And hey, maybe if I block. But I'm a lot more fucking scared of a loaded goddamn gun than I am somebody with a fucking knife. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man, I, I, I can pick up his fucking microphone and kill you. Yeah, right. Well, you know what? That, that microphone... Like microphones are killing people. We got to ban the microphones. Well, I, I should point out to people that a microphone is a deadly weapon to Kenny Boland. <laughs> well, Kenny, let me let me tell you something. My appearance on your show garnered uh, a lot of attention. Mm -hmm. you know, the, the people who told you privately, "Oh, this guy's full of shit. He's just uh, you and you and the psychic or something now together." You know, they call bullshit on me, right? Right, right. Okay. Well, I want to tell you something. Those same people in one form or another, I've done 40 readings for over the last year and a half. Well, 
I don't doubt it. I, 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 hell, the last time I talked to you, it was pushing 20, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was a year, year and a half ago, however long it was. And yeah, then, exactly. And that is exactly how come me and Angelo came to be was because of your show and me contacting him. And within yeah. two minutes of our conversation on the phone, he said, I'm being told that I need to do a podcast with you. Uh-huh. And he had never met me a day in his life. <laughs> well, it all worked out then, didn't it? But Well, I, you know, I am the psychic and he is the guru. Um, oh, by, by the people that don't know, I haven't had any contact with my dad probably since 2007 or 2008. And I want you to know that my girlfriend, Jenny, who I call the investigator, she somehow found my long-lost sister, who I've not seen since 1979, she found her last night, and I actually had a video, uh, well, not a video chat, but an audio chat with my uh, sister. Wow. Oh, wow. Terrific. This morning, she gave me an update on my dad. Turns out my dad's now legally blind. He's 81 years old, and he lives in North Carolina. And he used to live in Chesapeake, Virginia. Yep. And the last time I saw my dad was 1988 with Chris, and the first time I saw my dad was 1979 when I was a senior in high school. So, wow. uh, well, I got some information on my dad for the first time in quite some time. And, uh, so that, all that happened last night. And Chris, are you going to make contact with him? I don't know yet. I don't know. I've talked with my sister and, uh, uh the reason me and my dad quit speaking and, uh, hope Stacy ain't watching the show tonight cause she doesn't even know why, but, um, I was in a magazine with, uh, two black girls. My dad was, uh. He talks like a Southern general and was raised right. in Norfolk, Virginia. And uh, not a lot of people know this. And I don't even know if Stacy knows it. But like I said, I hope she's not seeing the show tonight. or She might find out some shit she don't even know. But my dad used to be head of the uh, one of the leaders of the KKK in wow. Virginia. And you guys are probably wondering, God damn, how in the fuck did Kenny Boland not become a racist fuck? And that, that was a lot of it. I was exposed to a lot of that shit. Sure. Uh, not so much with my dad, because I didn't even meet my dad until 1979, so I learned about his history basically by what he told me. So when yeah. the KKK was done away with in Virginia, uh, not a lot of people realize this, but they formed the Freemasons. Yep. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you all know. And, yeah. Uh, the oh, Masons yeah. Kentucky, and most of the Masons will have a black man as the doorman, and uh, which I'm shocked they go along with it, because you would think if I know, they know. Uh, but my dad was, so long story short, uh, my dad saw me in a magazine with two black girls, but he didn't refer to them as black girls. He asked me why I was in that picture and, 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 uh, I was, yeah, I can imagine that was 2007 or 2008. I said, well, dad down here, we don't call them that. Uh, well, what do you call them? I said, we call them girls. We call yeah. them girls. Well, uh, I just want to, I just want to let you know, you brought great shame to the family by you being in that picture. I said, well, wow. let me alleviate you of that of that problem. I said, you don't need to contact me anymore if, if you haven't evolved any more than this. Yeah. Know? So I never spoke to him again. So uh, that was 2008. Uh, so I'm I, wondering what your father would think of, uh, of Jenny May. Well, my son asked me the same thing today. He says, "Does he, he says, now that you've contacted, I said, I sent Stacy 100 pictures of me and Jenny. Some of us together, some of them are photoshopped, some of them of uh, me and her in matching shirts, because uh, she's got many of my shirts. And um, I don't know. I don't know. 
but uh, he's going to find out. But he's blind now, so he might not be able to see the pictures. Right. <laughs> but maybe uh, a blessing in disguise for you, brother. Could be a blessing in disguise. But no, I haven't. I haven't talked to him yet. But he is alive. He is blind. I do know that. I knew he had glaucoma back in 2007, 2008, last time I talked to him. But oh boy. Well, speaking of, of blessings, yeah. speaking of blessings, What's that have, you changed, have you changed your mindset a little bit? Uh, uh, On uh, blessings and where they come from? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I have not evolved much on that. I okay. I think. Good well, uh, let me ask you a question. Are you? Here's, here's what I think. I think good produces good eventually, and I think bad produces bad eventually. And okay. I, I will. You know what? I'm going to surprise you. Well, my son even says that karma is a type of religion, even though I claim I'm not religious. I yeah. don't have any shame in claiming I'm atheist. But I do believe in karma because every time I do something good for somebody, something good eventually happens to me. Well, karma. Somebody fucks somebody other than Donald Trump. Eventually they get, well, he's getting his now. He's coming in slow doses, but he's getting his. And then once he's not president, there's a lot of shit's going to fall in his lap that he's exempt from now that he won't be exempt from then. Well, karma does, does come from, karma does come from the karmic religion. Yeah, well, I believe strongly in that. Uh, I, I certainly believe in karma, and uh, m- m- it's amazing how many people write me on Facebook, oh, Kenny, you're the sweetest guy, you're the best guy, God bless you. And I had a woman in my home here a couple of weeks ago that br- d- donated some food for a family that I was raising money for to get their electric and water turned back on. And uh, they come here and they drop off some food, and I thank them. They said, well, Kenny, you're obviously a religious man. You you, you believe in God, right? And I looked at her, I said, <laughs> And she just looked at me and said, you don't? I said, nope. I said, I believe in treating people the way you want to be treated and being good to people first. Let's try that. It's uh, interesting you say that because if I'll tell you, I've you know, never had I've never had a problem with atheist. Every problem I've ever had has been with Christian because yeah. they are they are judgmental people. My uncle, my uncle was the first racist, uh, racist, <laughs> atheist. Sorry, sorry, Uncle Charlie, my, uh, who passed away in 1972. My uncle Charlie was the first atheist I ever knew. And everybody used to talk so bad about, oh, my God, he doesn't believe in God. Oh, my God, he's an atheist. He's a horrible person. Nobody was more loving and more caring than my uncle Charlie, who would do anything for anybody. Give me the guy. Sure. Now, his wife, who was one I'll of I'll be right back. His wife, well, get the fuck out of here. Uh, his wife, <laughs> his wife was one of the biggest Bible thumpers that ever lived, and I wouldn't trust that woman any further than I could fucking throw a judgmental of everybody and everything. And uh, atheists, as a rule, are not like that. And and my my thing is, people say, well, Kenny, what do you think about religious people? I said, whatever gets you through your day. Exactly. The things exactly. I the things I believe in and karma and all that get me through my day. I know that if I try to be good to people, most people will try to be good to me. Not everybody. And I can't. Well, let me ask you, let me ask you this then. Are you at least more open to the spiritual? That's hard to say because I don't really think that there is anybody or anything that I'm going to meet at a later date and time. Now that don't mean that I ain't wrong. 
It's just I don't believe it. Um, and maybe if you don't believe it, you won't see it. Uh, seeing is believing, as they say. I've told a lot of people I should have been born in Missouri because you got yeah. show. And, yeah, uh, I know, right? Yeah, so no, I don't believe uh, in the picture of Jesus on the wall. I don't think there's any such person or any such thing. He's coming, he's coming. Well, no, he's not, folks. No, he's not. Um, but that's my belief. And if you believe he is and that gets you through his day, through your day, that's just fine with me. I could care. Right. I should point out to you something I never told you. Don't push your shit on me and I won't push my shit on you. I'll let you know where I stand and what I think. You may not like it. And, uh, and I don't, I don't dislike anybody because of what they believe in. Right. I was raised with Catholics and Baptists. I don't buy it. Uh, the thing that got me is that we're taught at an early age that eventually at age 9, 10, 12, or 13, or whatever the age is, there is no Easter Bunny, there is no Tooth Fairy, there is no Santa Claus. And you're treated like a fucking idiot if you believe that past a certain age. Right. But God, <laughs> oh, no, he exists. <laughs> Not the things that are bullshit. Right. But the, sky, but the guy in the sky who is horrible at managing money, and it's horrible, horrible at deciding who should live and who should die. We're going to believe in him. All right. If that's what you want to believe. Yeah. Good for you. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's not very good with money. He's always needing money. Yeah. Disciples all need money. And yeah. he's back. Yeah. Did he go change clothes? Is he, is he trying no, to change my background? I had to get in a more comfy spot. Now, where are you at now? What's the, that, that looks like you're. It looks like you're in prison, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> Bring the warden on camera. I want to talk to him. Tell him a few things. Right. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's Jeff's normal background. I just noticed. I thought it was looking mighty festive over there at the Scipio's place. Yes, God, sir. You you have the rule that I used to have. I used to not take down the Christmas decorations until the first seventy five degree day, which might be yeah. late. <laughs> well, uh, my what is it you say, honey? About what date do you take them down? How long after the sixth? The epiphany. Yeah, after the epiphany, after the sixth. I don't know anything about the epiphany. What what is that? Well, I, I'm what is it, honey? Because I'm not real religious. And it's obviously after the sixth. It's after the three wise men. The oh, after the, after the three wise men. They, I, got, I, got some, I, got some, I got some information for you. I don't know. Before, before you say anything, I have to tell you, I live in New Jersey, so looking for three wise men is going to take a long time. You you almost stole my joke. Why was Jesus, <laughs> why, 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 why was Jesus not born in Indiana? Because they couldn't find three wise men or a virgin. <laughs> You almost stole my joke from me. <laughs> you definitely ain't going to find three wise guys in New Jersey, but not three, wise, three wise guys. Exactly. You'll yeah, wise. you'll find three wise guys here for sure. If you find that virgin, you better hide her. You better put her put her under lock and key. Well, let, let's uh, reroute the conversation back to wrestling. All right. Well, you, uh, you you keep up a little bit with the indies, just based on your knowledge. Not really. So let me ask you, is, is wrestling sounds good? Is, is wrestling so? Is wrestling dead? Uh, well, let, let me give you a professional doctor's opinion. If it ain't dead, it's definitely on life support. 
uh, and especially indie wrestling, because who the, uh, the only people the only people making any money is when you find a promoter stupid enough to fucking pay these people some money that they ask for. Uh, I have promoters all the time that have contacted me, and I just wasn't able to do the traveling, and they'll offer me a certain amount of money, and I say you're an idiot. There's no way right. enough tickets to justify what you're offering me, and I'm going to do you a favor. I'm not going to rip you off. Now, what Canada's paying me, I think, is fair because I've never been there. Chris is going to go with me. They're meet and greets. I feel very confident I can give them their money's worth. And I'm going to appear at some shows, too. And, uh, and if there's any bumps being taken, it would be my son. Uh, age 59, right. I ain't taking more bumps. Yet I barely took any when I was in wrestling. I took four bumps a year. Uh, yeah. If I could get by with it. So, uh, no, if it ain't dead, it's on life support because, fuck, if, if, if me and Jimmy don't want to fucking watch wrestling anymore and we were the biggest goddamn wrestling fans in the world and I can't find anything I want to watch. So, yeah, way, there's lots of it. But then again, you know, and um, and I told everybody that when AEW came that it was going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread for about three, maybe four weeks. And then after yep. that, right. the ratings were going to drop, which they have done. Yep. Um, I told everybody that they will never get higher than a 1.6, which is the highest rating that TNA ever got, and that's when Hogan first got to TNA. And yep. after that, and then and, and fucking TNA's down to like under 50,000 viewers now, the last I heard. And, and I heard that a while ago. Now they're actually up to about 100,000 now. Now that they're in Canada and they kind of got a home right now, they're about at oh, 100. I but... didn't even know they were in Canada, so. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, but still a hundred thousand is not one point six million. No, 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 no. It's not really what they once were. And I mean, part of TNA's problem is is they. they well, well, I say one point six million. They got a one point six, however many million that is. That's one point something million. I don't know. No, no, you're right. It's about one point six million. It is. Yes, yeah. So, so uh, but no, I didn't even know they were in Canada. I had no. I had yeah. No, uh, I, 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 they're not on any television to speak of. They're not even on pop TV anymore. If you're not, if if you're not on pop TV, right? I don't know why anybody would want to be on pop TV. I, I get pop yeah. TV, YouTube TV. Uh, yeah. No, it's it's just there's just nothing out there that I'm wanting to see. And uh, but Cornette would badmouth all these companies, and he'd go fucking work for them. He well, would, Kenny, he Kenny, you remember. Can you remember Dennis Corluzzo? Of course, yeah. Dennis was dear. Dennis, Dennis Corluzzo was the god uncle to my son. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Dennis, Dennis had a philosophy. Dennis and I were dear friends. Absolutely. Yeah, I knew I knew Dennis, Dennis very well. Dennis got me back in wrestling in Kentucky because when I was doing those shows for that piece of shit promoter that I worked for before I went to OVW. The only reason I went there and worked there is because Dennis Corluzzo didn't want to come from Philadelphia, so he. Hired me to more or less take his spot and right. run, to run his people because he didn't want to come from Philadelphia. I remember that the first WWE star I ever managed was Salvatore Sincere. Uh, really? Yeah, they, Tom Randy. Yeah, yeah, they were paying him to come to the shows. So, and he's sure. the one. He knew my real name back then. I had not legally changed my name to Bolin yet, but I knew I was. Right. I was on my birth certificate. So when I say my legal name, my stepdad illegally changed my name to Kenny Risen. So from age two right. to age 24, uh, according to what everybody thought or knew, I was Kenny Risen. So yeah. no, I was going by Kenny Bolin with that company. Tom Brandy knew my real name through Dennis Corluza and Jimmy right. Cornette. And he nicknamed me Bad Moon Risen. And uh, 
uh, my son said, man, that would have been the coolest fucking managerial. Here comes the so-and-so and bad moon rising. I said, well, bad moon rising. I, I, I don't know if rising services or the rising alley would have worked as good, but right. Just as a manager name, bad moon rising would have been a cool ass name. So, well, I bring up Dennis Carluzzo because Dennis had this philosophy of OPP, you know, other money. Now, other people's property. Your audio is breaking up real bad, like you yeah. got bad internet connection. Oh. Are you hearing that as well, Jeff? Yeah, I was hearing it too. Go ahead. And try How about now? Better? You got like 25 megabytes of internet over there. What's going on? Yeah, no. How about now? Better? Yeah, yeah. that New Jersey internet going. He doesn't have Yeah, I was, I was just swarming my microphone. Sorry. All right. Anyway, okay. So I, I brought up Dennis because Dennis you know, had this philosophy of using other people's money. To promote shows. That's the way to do it if you can get by with it. Okay, now, you know indie wrestling probably that's better Cornette, than... That's what Cornette did. You don't think Cornette ever spent a dime of his own money, do you? No, but here, here's here's my question. He would spend the money until his money mark dried up, and then he'd be out of business. Well, here, here's my question. Given the market today... Given, yeah. you know, forget about 15, 20 years ago, but given the wrestling product today, is that a wise investment for someone who goes to a sponsor and says, oh, you're laughing at me. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, fuck no. <laughs> Let's put it this way. As much as I know about wrestling, as much as my son knows about wrestling, and let's say I had that 1.3 million under my bed and somebody come to me and said, Kenny, I, I, uh, would you invest 50000 in, And I don't care if it's fucking AEW or NXT or whoever the fuck it is. No. No, I'm keeping my money under my goddamn bed. And I'm not going to... No. No. Um, Danny Davis tried to get me to buy OVW. But not a lot of people know that. I heard that. I Danny, heard that. Danny Davis tried to get me to buy OVW. He takes me up there and he cooks uh, at, at his place way up in the country in, in Indiana. Yeah, he cooked me these the best steaks I ever had in my life. I must say, Danny Davis cooked for me the best motherfucking steaks I ever had in my life. So he's he's buttering me up and he makes me these great ass steaks and he sits down and talks to me and he wants me to buy forty nine percent of OVW. Wow. And I said okay. And I said and why would I do that? He says well we're we're uh, everybody likes to use the term a turnkey company. We're, we're making money. Right. Said, Number one, I said I do my homework. I said you're four months behind on rent. Um, you uh, haven't paid your uh, taxes uh, on, on wrestling. You have not paid your license fees. You're behind on your electric bill. Oh. But, but see, we were out of the WWE deal now. Now, right. We right. Now, I'm sure Danny had the money, but yeah. OVW was an LLC. And uh, so you could sue the company, but you couldn't sue Danny. Right. So if the company ain't got no money, then fuck you. Uh, yeah, and he didn't have to cover up the time of his money. So I so, said, so why would I pay forty nine percent? Because that why would I do that? Because number one, you're you're going to have all the say, and all I've done is bought the opportunity to buy forty nine percent of your bills. Right. So I ain't the smartest motherfucker in the world. I didn't go to college, and I was really bad at math, uh, other than the basic four. Most well, let me ask you a question. Then. Given the fact you turned that off for that, and, I, and I'm one of the few people that know. Oh, I, I turned it that, down. <laughs> yeah, I'm one of the few people that know that that, now, there's not a lot of that, that offer. Yeah, I, I'm one of the few people that know that offer made to you. 
But I I have to ask you, you know Al Snow, the current owner. I know him very well. Was it a wise investment? I guess he thought so. Uh, I don't know what he paid for it. I have no idea. Um, I know I was going to buy it for a fraction of what uh, people thought that it would sell for. I had. I heard 1.5. If he did, he's an idiot. Uh, I heard that that's the number that's been circulating 1.5. Number one, I would be shocked that he's got 1.5. I, I know what it says he's worth on the internet. Uh, if he's got 1.5, I would be real shocked. I know what he's made most of his career. And if he made 1.5, he did not make it wrestling. Um, mm, um, uh, if, if they offered me OVW for $20,000, I would not have bought it because wow. you're just buying debt. Jeff, go ahead. Uh, I, I, can go, I can go get my own building, and I can go down and talk to anybody who's worth having and say, hey, you guys tired of not getting paid here? You guys are never going to fucking get paid. You're right. all interns. Come on I, down, I mean, to me and I'm going to get some sponsors, and I'm going to get this, and at least you're going to make a little something with me. Why would I pay anybody that I can take for free? That's, that's what Lawler and him did with Memphis. He sold something he didn't have. Remember the the, he, the people in Cleveland? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there wasn't anything to buy. There wasn't anything to buy. All you had to do is just go in and talk to the boys you want, and go to the station you want if you can get on it. There was nothing to buy. Lawler, Lawler sold something, or Jared, or whoever fucking sold it. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I can understand that. I'll, I'll tell you a story that I've never told you. This is all true. And I'll tell you what, I guarantee you, fucking Cornet got 40 or 50 grand laying around somewhere. You didn't see him jumping up and down to buy OVW. And whatever you want to say about Jimmy, he's uh, smart enough uh, to figure out a way if there's a way to make money with OVW. And I used to tell people, guys, why do you think me and Cornet are not running a wrestling company somewhere? Because there's no fucking money to be made. It's a Yeah, loser. well, I got, I have, I'll tell you, if you uh, I had the opportunity. If you want to tell me the fucking Smashing Pumpkins guy is profiting any money, I'll tell you you're a fucking idiot. He yeah, I don't think he made a dime, Kenny. I don't think he made a dime. The, the simple I had the opportunity to a dime. I sat down with Larry Sharp. The, you know, God rest his soul. I sat down with Larry Sharp and he offered to sell me the Monster Factory. Okay. He sat down with... Uh, Very aware of the Monster Factory. What did he want yeah. to say? So Larry puts a contract in front of me, piece of paper. I'm reading this, and I'm buying the name, the Monster Factory. There's no yeah. building. That's all there is to buy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so when when you when you buy a wrestling entity, yeah, really for, for people that you know forewarned is forearmed. Yeah. When you buy a wrestling company, you're only buying a name. Yep. You're buying. Now the only way that I could think if Al Snow actually entered into a legit contract for one point five million dollars is that he was convinced that he had a way to make money that Danny Davis was not, and they agreed that he pays X amount over X amount of time until Danny has one point five million dollars. I wouldn't do that either. I would not do right. that. I, I, I know because the promotion that I work. To me, worth the name wasn't even worth $10,000, more or less $1.5 million. The promotion that I work for here locally, we run once a month, and we may take off two months out of the year. They they do turn a profit each time um, that, you know, and again, but he's running it monthly. We, we uh, 
show is on you YouTube, and then they got a streaming site as well. Right. And you know, we we do the usual bit of bringing in a name or two to you know to, to get the crowd up. But even if we don't have our a name on there, we're drawing about three hundred just off of our guys, our local guys. You just answered your own. Well, you didn't really ask a question, but you just you just said something that I'm now going to ask you a question. Go ahead. If you're drawing the same crowd without the names, then why would you pay the names, the money, the hotel bill, because, the air, and all that? Because when we bring the name in, we pop it from 300 up to five. Well, then you're not drawing the same. You're not drawing the same. You said you draw the same without them. Uh, well, I, well, okay. That's not the same. That's My mistake. I, I, I misworded it, but. In other words, you're doing good if you don't bring in the. And yeah, three, there you go. There you go. And age is good. 300 this day and age is good. OVW did a shitload of shows that never drew 300 people. Uh, I mean, we, did, we did a shitload that drew a few thousand uh, when we brought in WWE talent. We, we, we did one at the, I mean, they did one for um, on the local base for uh, the, one of the Navy bases here, and they had over 1,500 that came out for that. So, yeah. Well, to uh, do a Navy base, uh, the, great, the great thing about that is that what else have they fucking got to do? Yeah, we had a show up here. Pay five or ten dollars and go down and get off his and not think about fucking military shit for a while. Yeah. Or we can sit in our fucking bunker or whatever the fuck. Well, we, the, well we, we had a show up here in October. It's like when you run a show at a high school and you hold it during school. We did that. Uh, we went to Nick Densmore's high school and drew nearly 800 people. Why? Well, their option was set in class or come on out and pay five bucks and come down to the wrestling show. Right. Exactly. Drew nearly 800 people. Now, if we would went to that same school at eight o'clock at night, we would have drew 30. Yeah, Man. we had a show here in October. And Nick Densmore went to school there and we'd have still been lucky to have drawn 50 people. <laughs> right. Yeah. We, did a, we did a show in, in October. We had uh, J.J. Dillon... We had Tatanka. We had Flying Brian Tillman Jr. What year was this? And, and this was October. Yeah, I, I and know. And we, we were lucky if we drew 75 people. And you had a lot of names on there for 75 people, right? Yeah, the guy took a bath that night. Well, of course he did. And, I and that's what advertising. So, And I'd have been the first to tell him he was an idiot to have done that. I don't know who the promoter was. But when you'd have told me I'm bringing in Flying Brian Jr., I like Flying Brian, but he, he's not drawing a crowd as of yet, uh, not of those numbers. J.J. Dillon, you're far better off doing those things. You bring in one or two of them, and you yep. have a meet and greet. Yeah. Because right. that's what fans want to do. They want to they get an autographed picture, get an autographed book, what have you. That's what I'm doing in Canada. I don't think people give a shit to see me fucking manage a match in Canada. Uh, but if it's a part of a bonus, but if for a meet and greet and uh, and the hearts apparently are the ones wanting me up there. Uh, so they've they've put out the good word uh, of, of me coming there and that I've always been good to them and didn't badmouth them like Cornette did. Personally, right. I, I want Kenny Bowen here in Norfolk. Well, you do realize that Norfolk is uh, my original hometown. I don't know if you know that or not. I know me and you've talked about that actually. Uh, uh, dad, dad's got a home there. Uh, had one. He now lives in North Carolina. I lived on 1432 Windfall Drive in Chesapeake. Uh, Chesapeake was my home. Uh, yep. uh, not not for a long period of time, but that that's where Dad lived. Right. So I my home. As a matter of fact, I inherited that home and never took it because uh, I was so poor at that time I couldn't pay the taxes on the damn thing. Right. So I had the four. I'll tell you. Well, I don't know the last time I don't think they kept it. 
I don't know the last time you were in Chesapeake, but I'll tell you what, it's definitely developed a hell of a 19, lot since 1979. I guarantee you it's developed quite a bit since I've been, since I've been there. And, and that I city, actually wouldn't mind coming back just to show my family where my dad's from and all that. Right. You, you know uh, what? Matter, fact, matter of fact, first time I ever saw Ric Flair in person, listen to this shit. Uh, my dad knew I was a huge wrestling fan, knew that I knew Jerry uh, the King Lawler. And my dad, as a surprise, has me third row seats at the Norfolk Scope. I don't even know if the Scope still exists or not. Still does. does. Still there. Yes. Holy shit. Well, I'd love to go just take my son to the Norfolk Scope. But my dad had me third row seats do, and for one reason, because Ric Flair was on the card that night, Mid-Atlantic Wrestling. Yep. I'd never seen Mid-Atlantic in person. I'd only seen the Memphis stuff. So I'm sitting in the third row, and I've got a little book that's got all the Cornette's pictures in it, because Cornette was just a photographer back then. So I got all these pictures of Jerry Lawler and Bill Dundee and David Schultz and a big bad John and all the big stars that had ever been in Memphis. Right. There's, there's a guy sitting next to the right to me who looked like he might be in his 60s or 70s at that time. And he looks over at me. He says, my God, those are some awesome pictures. Who takes those? And I'm not looking up at him. And I look and I was showing the book. I said, my friend Jimmy Cornette down in Louisville takes these. I said, he's the photographer. And he takes all these, and I wanted my dad to see these. I said, this is my dad and my first ever wrestling match. And I look up at him. I said, oh, my God. I said, sir. I said, uh, are you Luthez? He says, yes, sir. I said, why are, I, said, oh, wow. why are, I said, why are you here sitting in the third row? He says, why are you here sitting in the third row? I said, because my dad <laughs> takes us to see Ric Flair. He says, I'm here to sit and watch wrestling and see Ric Flair. I said, holy. So I set. The whole night with Luthez off to my right in the third row. Uh, and my dad said, no, they didn't even know who Luthez was. Lou oh, my God. He had no clue. Lou, I Lou had, had, had fucking actually, that was that the NWA world champion for a million fucking years. Exactly. I watched on TV from 1966 on. I watched Luthez long before Jerry Lawler was thought of. Uh, Jerry Lawler's first match was against Tojo in 1972. And I've been watching Luthez since the mid '60s, right? And, and and even after Lawler was there, Luthez was there quite a bit, and a wrestler, yeah, and the the man of so, a thousand. So people. wait, I, hang on, Luthez actually went through Memphis. Oh yeah, he was in Memphis. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, so, now he wasn't he wasn't a mainstay. I mean, he wasn't there running six week programs, no. right? Mm -hmm. but, but he'd come in for two or three weeks. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. He didn't well, stay six weeks too often, but yeah, oh yeah, he was there a lot. There's Luke a story. Budnick Monroe, uh, who uh, they said that the, the blacks in Memphis had. Yep. Oh, they loved Sputnik. Oh, my I, God. Yeah. I think they said that they had a picture of uh, Martin Luther King. And then right next to Martin Luther King, you'd see Jesus. Sputnik Monroe. Right next to Jesus, Sputnik Monroe. Sputnik yeah. Monroe, they, Sputnik Monroe uh, used to uh, buy tickets for, for blacks to get in and see the shows. Well, Sputnik Monroe. And so Nick Goulas got in his shit. And he says, no, he says, I don't, I don't need you buying these people tickets. He says, well, I got news for you. The black money spends just as good as the white money. Yep. And he said, yeah. these people see a show. He says, either, either they're going to see the show or there ain't going to be a show. Cause I ain't going to be on it. Sputnik Monroe's in Sputnik Monroe defended blacks as much as anybody. Yeah, well, Sputnik's actually in the Civil Rights Hall of Fame down there in Memphis. Uh, uh, I, I didn't know that, but he should be. And um, because, yeah. because of that very reason, because he actually would refuse to go 
and he said, unless the blacks can come and sit down here, my people can sit amongst the white, I'm not wrestling for you. Well, one of the things that Sputnik Monroe was responsible for was desegregating the arenas because they had what they called color sections. But, he, but here's the thing. I didn't know that much about Sputnik when I was watching. I didn't know all that until he was gone. I didn't know right. right. blacks and all that because, you know, shit, I was raised in a racist-ass family. I, I wasn't going to hear anything positive uh, about any right. black man in my family. I got a story I want you to tell really quick, Kenny, and it's one of my favorites that you've ever shared, and it's about Jimmy Cornette. Sneaking up on 10 o'clock, and I got to get with my girlfriend uh, during her break, but uh, yeah. yeah. Well, okay, we can wrap it up, but this is what I want you to, to tell the really quick. You're trying to bully me. You're trying to push me around. You're trying to make me do shit I don't want to do. You're trying to make me tell stories I don't want to tell. No, I was fucking me up. Now, what story you want me to tell before I have to get nasty with somebody? Yeah, I I'll take my hairbrush and I'll jam it up somebody's <laughs> But I will pull my hair first, I promise you. I apologize to you, King, and I bow down to you. Just for that, I don't know if you're going to get the free bowling club hat. That, uh, no. Oh, now that is awesome. Um, and, and the BS hat. You can't forget the BS hat. Even better. That's classic. Now, but the one story I did want to hear really quick. What a handsome man that is. Right? Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Is cheap plugs. It is the story about Jim Cornette and you having him eat the cracklings out of the Oh, dumpster. my God. People, we, my family loves that story because that just happened. Uh, he just found out maybe four or five years ago. Yeah. Uh, in 1976, I worked for Long John Silver's. Maybe 77. And I used to have to wear these skin-tight white pants and this white and red cross lights. And when I graduated high school, I weighed 212, so I probably weighed 175. So I got on these skin-tight white pants, these brown, hideous fucking shoes that wanted you to wear it long over and, uh, and a white and red shirt. The stripes went around you, which is never complimentary at any weight. Uh, so I got to wear that. And the Long John Silver's fucking bandana that I had. <laughs> All that beautiful hair I had, and I had to wear that fucking piece of shit bandana, and I hated it. I hated it. I job worse than my life. But Jimmy would come up and uh, would spend the night on Friday night, and then Saturday, Saturday nights I'd work like 5 to 9 or 6 to 10 or whatever. 5 to 10. But the advantage of is that Jimmy would go back and sleep because we always stay up all fucking night, go to bed at like noon. And then uh, so Jimmy would sleep until I got back off work. He'd come down, and pick me up. And most nights uh, when I would work and I'd, I rarely work Sundays because Jimmy would come up and weekends with me. So uh, we would be up all night Saturday night watching wrestling uh, at whatever city we could poke our antenna at and pick up either Indianapolis or or. Uh, God damn it, Lexington or wherever. And uh, so we would spend all night watching wrestling or old westerns or what the fuck ever. And uh, so Jimmy would come down and pick me up at Long John Silver's and I'd always bring home some fish and some chicken or whatever. Uh, but they that night, they told me that that policy had been done away with. You can no longer bring home food. Uh, some people bring it home and they get sick and they blame us for food poisoning or whatever. So no longer can you take I said, God damn it. I said, my friend Jimmy's here. 
and we really love getting this fish from chicken. And goddamn, I just cooked this shit myself. I said, I know the the, the stuff is good. He and he had it on a big ass fucking tray, uh, like like a big pie tin tray or whatever. And it, there, there must be, fuck, there must be fifty or sixty dollars worth of fish and chicken on this goddamn tray, even back in nineteen seventy six. And it's just, and it's got the cracklings and the fish and the chicken, and it's enough to feed ten people, if 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 not more. So he said, I'll tell you what I'll do, I'm going to do. He says, I'm going to take this out because by law, I have to take this out and, and, and throw it into the dump. What happens to it after that is not my fucking responsibility. He says, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take this, I'm going to take this out just before you get off work. And I'm going to set it on top of the dumpster. And if you want to climb up there and get this fish and chicken and take it home with you, then that's up to you. But I've done my job and then you've done the deal. You set it on top. Don't, don't throw it in the fucking dumpster. But if you'll set it on top of it, I'll go get it and I'll take it home. So uh, Jimmy is the biggest fucking germaphobe that ever lived. Yep. I mean, yeah. he just uh, he could come in. If he finds a speck of dust on something, he loses his goddamn mind. <laughs> germaphobe from hell. And if he had a known where that fish and chicken come from, he'd have lost his fucking mind. Now, remember, this is 1970. <laughs> well, I climb up to the dumpster, and just as I'm coming down from the dumpster, here I stand with this big, giant-ass fucking tray of fish and chicken and cracklets. And Jimmy sees me standing there. He has no clue I was on top of that dumpster. <laughs> so he pulls up, and he says, Hey, goddamn, looks like you got a shitload of fucking fish and chicken. Oh, look at that. You got all them cracklets. I love the cracklins. I said, I know you do. And he says, that's all ours? I said, well, we can put it in the back seat. So he opens the back, uh, well, he opens the firebird. He had that blue firebird then. So we slide the, the fucking fish and chicken in the back seat, prop it up where it won't fall out. And I got my hand on it to make sure if he hits his brakes or goes uphill, we don't lose it. So we get home, we pack all that goddamn fish and chicken upstairs, take it to my bedroom, and we let the June and the kids come in. My sister, they come in and get some. My mom gets some. And there's still enough fucking fish left to feed seven or eight people. Me and Jimmy sit back there, and he's just going to town, man. He's eating fucking fish, eating chicken. He's eating them fucking crack ones like goddamn popcorn. I said, how is it? I said, the fish and chicken. I said, is that good? I said, you like it? Goddamn best I ever fucking had, man. It's still eating fucking hot. I said, I know. It's good, isn't it? He said, it's great. Goddamn it. He said, fuck, man. We're going to sit here and eat fish and chicken all night. Well, I want you to know that I never told him that night where that fish and chicken came from. And in 2006 or seven. 40 years later, I'm sitting at Golden Corral, and for some reason, I tell Chris and Maya about what I did to him and that he actually ate fish and chicken and cracklings out of a dumpster. I said, if he did that, he would fucking die. So they said, oh, my God, you got to tell that. Because back then, I was doing podcasts with Jimmy about every – can you still hear me? Yeah. yeah. I thought my headphones came out there for a minute. Um I tell the story and they said, next time you do a show with Cornette, you got to tell the story without him knowing what you're doing. And I said, you know, oh my God. God. that's a great fucking idea. I said, it's been 41 years. This seems to me to be a perfect time to tell the story. So the next time we do the whole show and he's getting ready to wrap me up. We're getting ready to end the show. I said, no, no, Jimmy, no, we can't wrap the show up yet because I need to ask you an important question. Well, what's that? I said, Jimmy, have you ever knowingly eat food out of a dumpster? And uh, he's hearing this, and, and he's just, no, Kenny, I've never knowingly eaten food out of a dumpster. Why would you ask me such a thing? 
I said, well, if you remember back in 1976, <laughs> do you remember that great big tray of fish and chicken and the crackling? Do you remember how much you love the crackling? Oh, Kenny, I love the crackling. I said, I know you do. I said, you remember that big tray? It was the biggest tray I ever brought home. You remember that? He says, yeah, yeah, Kenny, I do. I said, well, there's a little something you don't know about that fish. <laughs> Yeah, and this is my hand to God. I said, I told the kids the other day, and the kid said I needed to come clean. He says, uh, and he says, what do you have to tell me? I said, well, they passed the rule back then that I could not take the fish and chicken home anymore. They couldn't hand it to me. But he said, out in the dumpster that I could bring it home. I said, well, I knew what a germaphobe you were, and I wasn't going to have you throw away all that fish and chicken when we got it home so I couldn't tell you where that fish and chicken come from but Jimmy that fish and chicken and the cracklings that you really liked and that you told me how great it was that came from the dumpster that night I crawled up and I pulled it out of the dumpster and some of it was laying on bread sacks and some of it was on watermelon rhymes and oh and man all that fish, and I put it all back on that tray. And now I want you to know you never knew the difference. You thought that was some of the best chicken and fish and cracklings that you never had in your life. And that just proves to you you're not really a germaphobe, is that it's a mental issue with you because you ate food out of a dumpster and you didn't have a fucking problem with it. He says, Well, the key of the goddamn matter is, is I didn't fucking know it came out of a goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't eat that damn fish and the chicken and the goddamn cracklings. I'd have thrown it out. Oh, Jesus. So um, he said that he, as a shoot, he had to go to the bathroom and throw up and wash his mouth out with Listerine. 40 years later. 41 years later. because Oh, my God. He couldn't process the fact that he had eaten fucking fish out of a goddamn dumpster. Love the story. Oh, jeez. Thank you so much. Well, on, on that note... Jimmy Cornette, if you're watching tonight, you eat food out of dumpsters like a poor person. <laughs> On that note, you bitch. that's a great that's a great segue. Yeah. To, uh, doing our sponsor spot. We want to tell everybody about our sponsor, Al Forno Restaurant and Pizzeria at uh, well, hell. Well, how, how do I get in on that? Is some pizza being sent down my way? They got fish yeah, right in now. <laughs> when you come up here, Kenny, I'll take you there. All right. Yeah. Sounds fair. It's uh, Al Forno Restaurant and Pizzeria, our friend Nunzio. Uh, and he's waiting for you at 1523 Holland Road in Suffolk, Virginia. The dish of the week is fettuccine Alfredo. My God, I want to go. That's the dish of the week. Delicious. I hear, I, hear, I hear the real dish of the week is the little lady behind the counter. Is that true? Ah, that's, that's, that's Mrs. Nunzio. No. Mrs. Nunzio. Well, you don't know from her. Anybody named Mrs. Nunzio, I ain't messing with. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I'll tell everybody, you know, Jeff is there religiously every Friday. Yes, sir. If you'd like to meet Jeff the Ref Robinson, you'll find him in the back booth hiding under the menu. Is it all you can eat? You got an all you can eat deal or anything? Uh, I can make I had, that. I, again, I had weight loss surgery. I can't even. I don't know, Jeff. Do they have all you can eat? No, they do not have all you can eat. But I'm sure if me and uh, me and my good buddy here, uh, the the king, uh, roll up in there, we can make it happen. We could probably make something happen. 
So that's 1523 Suffolk Road in Norfolk, and you can reach them at 757-925-2829. Tell them that Angelo and Jeff sent you. Again, it's our friend Nunzio at Alfono Restaurant and Pizza. Kenny, I have to be for a part two. I want to go right now. Uh, but be, before, no, no, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Before I invite you back, I, let me do this. Jeff, should I do this now? Go for it. Okay. All right. Jeff and I spoke earlier today. Right, and we're missing, something, we're missing something here. What do you miss? Because we're, well, we're missing your ability in downloads because we only have 79,000. 79, well, that ain't bad, though. That ain't, I know people with a lot so, of that. So here's what I'm thinking. All right. How about we extend an offer to bring the bowling alley to the wrestling with the future podcast? Well, how, how do we go about doing that? How, do, how, how would we make that happen? You just do what you do. I do. And I will make sure everything is uploaded on the platform and on YouTube. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We are on Podbean. We are on Stitcher. We are on Spotify. We are on any and all the platforms that you can be heard on. And I'll tell you this. I'd be willing to be your co-host, and I'll let you say and do whatever you want. And I'll just sit back and shut up. You do no, realize, that's not going to happen. You realize that's a lie. You realize that Kenny, I have Kenny, that's a lie. He will not shut up. I'm not going to shut up. He's no, got something to say. You do realize I have fired every co-host I've ever had. I have. You have survived. Well, wait a minute. You're, you're, in good, you're in good company because he walked off the show last night. <laughs> You walk off the show. What do you walk off the show for? I, I got a little fired up. That's all. Yeah, what'd you get fired up about? Oh, 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 over him, over him yeah. saying something you didn't like. It, well, yeah, there, there, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, what, I get. I, I was bashing his beloved WWE. It was, uh -huh, uh -huh. Well, he might not well, want to do a show with me. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm willing. Here's the deal, Kenny. I said this. Right. I would love to be your co-host. I will let you say, do whatever you want, and I'll just sit back and ask you questions. Or, and I know you like to do it live on YouTube, I'll read you, I will actually read you the questions. And I don't care what they say, what they ask, I'm not afraid to ask you. Well, if, if we can figure out how to do it live on YouTube to where we can have guests, because I want to have Anthony Scaramucci on real soon. Yes, and I'm, I know Angelo knows who Anthony Scaramucci is. Sure. And he's really looking forward to doing my show again. We're looking forward to having him back on. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if we can figure out how to do it live on my YouTube channel, and I don't care what part of the network, I mean, well, let's talk about it, figure out how to do it. And I, All right. I, I think we can probably figure out a way to do this. Awesome. I will be in contact with you about it. All right. Absolutely. Now, what's in it for me? All right, Kenny, I mean, thank you uh, for oh, oh, oh. how many millions of dollars a month am I going to make off of this? About a dollar. Um, a dollar? Yeah. <laughs> a free pizza delivered from Alforno Pizza and Restaurant. That happened. <laughs> you know, Jimmy used to order uh, Rockabar pizzas in Evansville, and he would order them frozen and have, have them sent to his home. Uh, yeah. Rockabar makes some awesome pizza. Uh, he got real pissed yeah. off. When me and Russo had our first ever face to face meeting, we met at Rockabar Pizza in Evansville. <laughs> Jimmy was yeah. He was pissed. Well, Kenny, thank you, my friend. Listen, 
I really, I really want to say thank you. I really appreciate you being yes. here. Well, and, I, know, uh, I do a lot Jeff, of lately, and uh, people were asking me just the other day, when am I going to do one? I said, well, I'm doing the Scipio's podcast here probably any day now, and then I forgot it was today. So uh, now how do, how do the people see this? Uh, can you send me information in Messenger and how I when it works, how people can see it? Right on YouTube. Going to be on YouTube? Well, just send me the link, and when will it be up? Uh, it'll be up tomorrow. Be up tomorrow. Send me the link, and I'll promote it on Twitter and Facebook, and hopefully we can boost those downloads a little bit. And Absolutely. If it don't draw shit, I blame Jeff. Oh, there you go. Now. <laughs> you got to be like any wrestling promoter. If the crowd don't draw, you have to blame somebody. Yeah, so. that's right. Blame the talent. Blame the <laughs> All right. Well, Jeff, go ahead and promote Vanguard. We got VCW coming up on February the 1st. We are going to be at the Masonic Temple in Norfolk, Virginia. with our. We got a fatal four-way with Billy Gunn, Gangrel, Brandon Scott, and Gangrel, Gangrel's dear friend of mine. Tell him Kenny Bowen said hi. He's eaten with me in my living room before. I would be more than happy Gangrel, to tell Gangrel, you. Gangrel's a class act and a good guy. Make sure to tell him I said hi. Billy Gunn's a pretty good guy. And, and uh, we got Brandon Scott and Ken Dixon. You may actually know Kenny Dixon. He's been down there around your way doing indies a few times. So, um, ring a bell, but my son might know who he is. Yeah, I, I, I would love. Actually, the next time we we, we have y'all promoting shows in Norfolk, my dad's hometown, it just seems weird to hear down at the Norfolk scope or here in Norfolk. It just seems weird to even hear that. I'll tell you what. I would love to have Chris come on. Sometime as well, because I know that he does currently watch current wrestling. He, so. he watches more than I do. And yeah, as, matter, yeah. as a matter of fact, Rene Dupree is talking to him about coming to Japan and getting trained over there. And Chris is really into this. He's wanting to do it. Uh, Good. He's going to do the shows in Canada with me. And he also Good. the Philippine shows as well. That's fantastic. Wow. Yeah, the good is hell. I, these would be the first shows I've ever done out of the country. I'm 59, and Chris getting a chance to do it at age 33, so that ain't too bad. Hey, well, we're sure. gonna say goodbye to everybody. Yeah, I was gonna say make sure to tell the lovely Jenny we said hello. I will be talking to her in a matter of minutes on her break, and then I'll talk to her again once she gets home. I'll let her know that she was a featured topic on the show tonight, and I'm yes, sure sir, seeing it, and we'll. Give her the time cues of when she was on, but uh, she normally watches the whole show anytime I'm on one. So, awesome. Well, you can find us at, before we say goodbye. You can find us on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, YouTube, Carrier Pigeon, and uh, antennas on Mars. All right, let's let's also, oh, yeah. let's also look into this. If the bowling alley is going to be coming on here, we got to look into what's causing that audio issue. No we kidding, we got to back off a little I bit. Saw, I saw you cringing. I saw you cringing over there. We need yeah. To and uh, both of you are heavy smokers. I want a cancer-free fucking show here when I do these shows. I will back off my microphone. I I, I will promise you. As, a, as your co-host, I will go the whole show without having a single cigarette, and that way you can oh, help my help. I, Damn, that, that's a, I've seen how many you've sucked down tonight. I don't know if you can do that or not, but we'll I, see. I, for you, for you, King, I could try to do it. All right. I want to. I want to point out to everybody that Jeff is groveling for a job because he thinks he's going to step up from my podcast to be somebody special. Well, guess what, buddy boy? It ain't gonna happen. <laughs>
It ain't gonna happen. Well, he sounds, listen. Yeah, sounds like he's pulling that uh, that AEW shit where he's just gonna just shoot down and then try and, and get a better contract. What he's doing? He's trying to leverage. For, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's trying to leverage for position here. All right. Well, well, we got to say good night. What's the name of the sponsor again? What's it, what's the name of the company? Alfornos. All I know, if I get some Alfornos pizza, that would certainly help motivate me. I mean, if they figure out a way to get it to you. We'll figure out a way to get it to you. Figure out a way to do it. Or or we might need Angelo to do what he's done for me in the past and maybe forward me one of those uh, Olive Garden gift cards. There you go. Yeah, yeah, damn, that's a that's a motivating factor. The family. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. Tell me. It, it, <laughs> you you don't even want to know what I had to go through to get baby doll on the show. <laughs> uh, I know. I'm, I'm Chris with her on Facebook. I chat with her every now and then. She's a she's a tough negotiator, boy. Is she really? <laughs> oh my god! You kidding me? Please, I'll I'll tell you off camera. Probably eating my Olive Garden. God damn. Well, we are at the end of another episode. Kenny, once again, thanks for joining us. Chapter up, we'll see you at the matches. So happy wrestling, everybody. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye, everyone.